Hi there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. We have scored in the first half of a Premier League game. I never thought we'd see the day, I never thought we'd see the day. Uh, very entertaining game, V Leeds, to end the kind of first half, not exactly halfway, but the first half of the season before the World Cup, sitting in fourth, knockout stage of the Champions League. Uh, but they're still top, I'm quite worried about them, quite worried about them. But, long way to go, long way to go. Two great guests with me, Vez, how you doing? I'm all right, Chris, thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks so much for coming on. And Hass, how you doing, buddy? Very good, thank you, Chris. Uh, well for being here today. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Uh, Mark Swift in the chat. Uh, uh, doing my job for me. Hit that like and sub. Big up all. Enoch out. Uh, thanks so much for the comment and for watching. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Uh, really helps the channel. Hit the notification bell. These two guys have channels as well. It's in the description, the links, and they'll let you know at the end uh, where you can find them. Uh, You'll have to excuse me on this one. I'm a bit rusty. I'm not used to having a win and a first half goal to talk about. So I'm not really sure how to start it. But I guess we'll go with this. We attack. We can see goals. But we score. Uh, I, I, I I wasn't at the game. Uh, I was following it on BBC. It sounded like a mad game. Watched match of the day. Uh, I mean, it is Leeds who, who famously give away goals anyway, but uh, we'll talk about the defence a bit later on, which was, uh, I mean, if I say horrendous, I think I'm being a bit kind there. Uh, but going forward, no. Vez, uh, uh, Emerson Royals miss in the first half was obviously terrible, but capped a really good free flow move, which first touch passing that we haven't seen for a long, long while. And yeah. when we attack, we play quick passing, match for anybody, and we create chances. Uh, do you think... Conte let the handbrake off on that one or the players decided to take the handbrake off or, or what do you think happened there? And what did you think of the game as, uh, overall as well? And, uh, big up to Mark I, Cousins in the chat as well. I don't believe I don't believe that Conte is telling them not to do that. I think he is trying to get them to do that um, because we see a bit more of it in the second half of games. Hmm. Um I just think that there's there's just something in the heads of this some of these players where they just sort of seem to just stop. And, 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 you know, some of them, when they go beyond a certain point, they seem to be worried about nosebleeds for being too high <laughs> up the pitch. Um, yeah, that was the thing. That was what <clears throat> we saw against Leeds was good free-flowing football at times where... It was. I mean, I've been I've been banging on about it all all season, saying, you know, play first time balls, right? Stop trapping the ball, you know, doing your nails, sorting your social <laughs> calendar before picking out a pass, right? <laughs> Just pass the fucking ball. Okay, that did leave us a little vulnerable. Uh, up top, and this is where the weakness in Spurs' current squad was really shown up. In that, our defense is to put it bluntly, piss poor. Yeah. Okay, we'll be talking about the Eric defense Dyer, in depth later yeah. on. Her. Yeah, I mean, look, Eric Dyer should never wear a Spurs shirt again. And I said that about Emerson Royal, even though I did argue quite vociferously on Saturday for the fact that Emerson Royale actually played okay on Saturday. But that is a 
you know, I, I can't sit around waiting for him to replicate that on a regular basis. You know, we need a decent right wing back right now. So we need upgrades across the whole of the back line. You know, Perisic has not delivered yet. No. Whether he will is a question mark because of his age, right? It might just be that he's peaked. It can happen. And we have a lot of people as well saying the Premier League's too quick for him. Italy suits him a lot slower game. Anyway, Certainly at his age. And yeah, I mean, you know, if if we sort of somehow managed to snag him, let's say six years ago, you mm. know, where he would have been at his peak, then I think he probably would have adapted. But perhaps I'm not saying it is the case, perhaps at this age it's just probably a step too far. He's still got some good abilities. That's not to say he's shit, but, you know, it would be good to have someone who isn't Ryan Sessegnon to <laughs> potentially put out the left wing as well, right? Unfortunately, um, that someone's still in Italy, Rez. Yeah. 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 We all know Absolutely. who that is. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, our entire back line needs uh, a refresh, um, I have no worries about our midfield, our central midfield. I have no worries outside of a little bit of depth when it comes to the attack. I don't see a pressing need for a creative midfielder. Um, you know, I just, we need to sort that back line, including the goalkeeper, I will also say. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of we money to... in it, which ain't going to happen in January, but something needs no, to happen in January in, in, that, in that area, I think. You can make a start. You know, yeah. um, I I have I'm quite I'm pleased with the fact that we've got Clement Longley. I think given a couple of other better defenders around him, he will he will show what he's capable of. Um, but those defenders are not Eric Dyer. Those defenders are not Davinson Sanchez. Um, <clears throat> even though again Sanchez contributed on Saturday. Um, so yeah, overall the game was mental. <laughs> Let me put it another way for you, Hass. Uh, most entertaining game of our season so far. Now, I read a stat today. We've got the most amount of points in the Premier League this season coming from behind, which is obviously good in the sense that we're never beaten. But it obviously shows in a lot of games we lose. We, we, we concede the first goal, which obviously isn't good. So it means you can put a negative or a positive spin on it. And there's, there's both sides. But... Yeah, most entertaining game of our season, and, and and what do you make of the game? Depends depends what you mean by entertaining. <laughs> Honestly, well, um, if you're a neutral, if you're a neutral, I'd say. I mean, I, if I was there, my yeah, voice I mean, would be gone by now. Look, I, as as a neutral, obviously, it was a back and forth game. You know, we just kept them coming back. You know, obviously, we got the results at the end, and obviously, as a neutral, it's going to be an, an entertaining game. But as a fan, watching Tottenham week in, week out, you know, it's not good for your health. Um, <laughs> you know, you're wondering, are we going to get back into the game? You know, we're going to get a goal. You know, defence is shocking at the moment. But, um, you know, yeah, it, it probably was one of the, one of the most entertaining. Um, the Bournemouth game, second half, I thought we, we come back superbly. That was another game that you can add to that list as well. But... Um, you know, ultimately, we need to we need to start games with a bit more bit more oomph. However, having said that, this period of time has been quite unprecedented in the fact that the amount of games that we've had to play over the last two to three weeks, uh, I mean, that alone is enough to put 
it's toll on any team. You know, the, the demands that we've had to make of the players. And let's not forget, some of our players aren't up to scratch. You know, as Rez said, the defence is, is absolutely shocking. And half the time, the rest of the team have to make up for their inadequacies. And that's my opinion, you know. And obviously, those players are going to be tired, you know. Um, we've had to compensate for the fact that we've had injuries. You know, we've had Richarlison, Kulusevsky, Son, all out at the same time. And we've had, to, we've had to compensate for their loss as well, on top of having to play a game every two to three days. Now, the defence, for me, I mean, has got to be the priority uh, come the January transfer window. For me, a centre-back has to be priority. Yeah. I, I, I do apologise, Chris. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here because I know you want to discuss the, <laughs> oh, no, the defence in a bit. But um, it has to be said, you know, the defence is not up to scratch. And with the amount of games that we've had to play, I'm, I'm quite shocked we are where we are. And I still stand by what, what I said on, um, on Bob's channel the other night, on Bob's Spur TV, you know, had other teams around us not fought it as well, we may well have been lower than what our league position suggests. And that's not me taking away anything from Spurs. I think we've, you know, considering some of the shortfalls of our team, I think we've punched above our weight. And that has to, you have to give Conte credit for that because he's squeezing every little ounce he can out of what he's got. Now, imagine on the flip side, he had what he wanted and, you know, what he would have done with that squad. You know, had he got the players that he wanted at the back, the defenders, the, the wing backs, um, it, we could be looking at a different scenario, you know, challenging um, Arsenal maybe up the top, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just one question, <laughs> I think, from Mark Cousins. Leslie Mabbott, home game every game as ambassadors get them on. I think you mentioned that on the Friday <laughs> show as well. Can't do much worse than what I saw on Saturday. But uh, just, just a quick question, a, a yes or no for you guys firstly, and then we'll delve into it. So it's basically this, seems so far happy. So the question is, yes or no, at the start of the season, when we got to the World Cup, would you have taken, ignore the fact what's happened, how we're playing and everything like that, would you have taken fourth in the league, Champions League knockout stages? Uh, Vez? Yes. Yeah. Has? I've got to say yes. Yeah. And I think the issue with, with uh, me included is what they're doing at the top. Thankfully, the uh, live symbol and how many people are watching is blocking out their name. But I think if they were they were fifth or sixth, we'd be maybe thinking we've had a fairly good season. Obviously, the play that we've had, the defence isn't that great. But I think the fact that they're so far ahead of us, I think that that's... I, I'm quite worried they'll win the league. I'm hoping the World Cup will derail all their momentum. But I think if they were fifth or sixth, would we be a lot more positive, Rez, about how we're doing? Or would we still have the same complaints? And, and or rather, would you have still have the same complaints, I guess, is the question. Yeah. Do you know what? The, the, the issue is, the issue is, it's not... We, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves uh, to Arsenal generally. Right. However, specifically at the moment, we can and should <clears throat> because they have gone through a, <laughs> I hate to use the word, they've gone through a process <laughs> by which, <laughs> I know, 
Well, there's been to the uh, Mikel Arteta School of Answering Questions here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, um, I, I feel myself turning into Captain Captain Scar Captain Scarlet. You know, already. <laughs> no, but um, the, the issue is, is that they've gone through this process. They've gone through this transition, and currently, it is yielding results. Whereas we have been in this state of almost permanent transition. And whereas last season, you know, we, we showed them that we were the stronger side. We showed the league that we were the stronger side. We showed ourselves that we were the stronger side. They have leapfrogged us, right? So, look, there's still 28 games, uh, 24 games to go, right? Anything can happen. And it has been a, a, a particular... Uh, <clears throat> characteristic of Arsenal to do well and then fuck it up royally. But whether or not they're going to do that this time, we won't know until the end of the season. But that doesn't take away from the fact that we should, for you have to understand how similar in so many aspects as clubs, Arsenal are to Spurs, right? They, we have similar turnovers up until the new stadium, which really should be yielding, you know, all those promises that we were made about when the new stadium was done. All of those things should really be bearing fruit now. But up until the, the, the new stadium at Spurs came about, we had similar turnovers, similar sort of recent histories in which, you know, they're not necessarily us, but, you know, have gone through these transitional period. Okay. So it comes to a point of, well, Look at them. They're doing, they're doing what we have been promised for years now that we would be doing, and we're, we're now trailing behind them. And it's shades of potch where, you know, we were on the verge of doing it, and we just didn't take that final step that was needed to be taken where we could have won something significant and yet we have, again, you know, while the others were weakened and then we fell behind and now we're falling behind Arsenal and we're likely to fall behind Newcastle if we continue in this way. So it's the reason I think for this dissatisfaction is because of that sense of opportunity missed mm. again, yeah. I think and, is uh, what it is. And Arsenal yeah, are the exemplification of that sense. Yeah, and, and has obviously Arsenal had a leapfrog uh, ahead of us anyway because their stadium was built quite a few years before us. So they, they did the same thing we're, we've been doing now. We're not spending as much money and, and what have you. They, 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 I don't know how much money they did actually spend, but they did buy a fair few players in. But what I see is that the difference is they're attacking teams. They're not a great team. I thought when Harry Kane scored that penalty, if we'd have had another 20 minutes in that first half, we'd have uh, at least gone in half-time to all. They're attacking teams. They're going for the throat. They're being positive. We're sitting back, letting teams take uh, that Liverpool game. Liverpool are a terrible team at the moment, and we we let them off the hook. Ignore the dire header back, but we, we didn't lay a glove on them in that first half. Whereas Arsenal are attacking teams, and now because of where they are, teams are going to sit back against them because, well, Arsenal are scoring goals here. If we go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, they're going to pick us off. I'm just hoping that the World Cup ends that momentum and then they start uh, in uh, uh, end of December or whenever it is uh, with a loss and then it's kind of damaging for them and they can't get the momentum back. But uh, do, do you think their position and how they're playing is, is affecting how we're feeling about Tottenham as well? Or, or do you think 
it's we're only focusing on Tottenham. We've been terrible in this aspect, that aspect. The defence is worse than the the one that you see down the park on Sunday. How, how do you feel about it? Look, I think they're at a different stage to where we are at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm echoing what Rez was saying earlier on as well. Um, you know, they've had the likes of Arteta three seasons now. They've spent somewhere in the region of 380 million. And last season, uh, last transfer window, they sort of put, you know, found the missing pieces in that jigsaw puzzle um, in, uh, in the likes of Jesus and Zinchenko amongst other players as well. Now, whether they can sustain that across, you know, the whole of the season, we'll, we'll see. But um, you know, they, they will they will strengthen in January. There, there's no there's no two ways about that. If you're sitting um, at the top of the table during Christmas, five points ahead, and you have any sort of ambition to win the league, you have to as as the owner of a football club, you have to think to yourself, right, we are in a great position now and we, we, you know, we've got a great chance of winning the league. You know, we're going to spend a bit of money, uh, give you the couple of extra players that we need to maybe push us over the line. So, look, I'm not, I'm not worried about what Arsenal are doing at the moment. You know, I, I'm just worried about what we are doing, uh, what we're building for the future, hopefully with Conte, if Arsenal end up winning the league, they end up winning the league. It's going to have, yes, it might have a detrimental effect to us in, in the sense that, you know, that's an extra spot taken up in Europe. Uh, you know, another London club, we're going to be competing with them <clears throat> for players who want to come over and play for us. Um, so in that sense, it might be a detrimental effect. But on the whole, I'm, I'm not bothered. Good for them. They deserve to be where they are on merit as 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 much as that pains me to say, but you've got to give credit where it's due. Now, what we need to do is we need to furnish the house. You know, if we're, if we're trying to build something, we need to furnish the house in, in Pochettino's words. We can't get it to a, we can't get it to a point where, okay, we're going to push on from here now. And I believe that we can either win a trophy or push for the title or whatever it is. And then decide, well, actually, I'm going to go back to, you know, just wheeling and dealing. It's not going to work, you know. And we need to, in Arteta's words, in Rezzy's words, we need to trust the process. <laughs> we need to trust that process. Um, but Can I, I think, trust you? Yeah. I think what Spurs need is, or what Spurs fans would like to have some surety over, is that there is a process decided on we would be more patient if we had faith that there is a process being done. That is, I think, where a lot of our dissatisfaction over some of the performances stems from. It's not knowing, not having trust that our owners actually take the idea of winning something seriously enough to put a strategy in place. If I knew that there was a strategy in place, I would be less worried about some of the performance. I would be less complaining. You've, you've hit the nail on the head. You've hit the nail on the head, Rez, because I was going to get to that. Sorry. When, when, Sorry. when, no, 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 it's fine because I'm going to elaborate on that now. When Conte uh, was taken on board by, by Enoch Levy, whoever, what's the first thing that came into our minds when 
you know, Conte took charge of Tottenham and everyone else that aren't Spurs supporters. That he's going to win something. There is that. That's what... But also, um, it, was, it, was surround... it, no, it was surrounding his longev longevity. Is he going to yes. be around? Is he going to be around? Conte um, is known for leaving, you know, being at a club for a year at most or a year and a half and then he goes. That was the first thing that popped into everyone's minds. Oh, he's not going to be there for long. He's going to clash with Levy. He's going to clash with the board. He's not going to be there. So what would a board... This, this is what I mean. Like, for myself, I would have liked more transparency in terms of what, what the club's plans are. You know, are, are we are we going to offer Conte a long-term deal? That wasn't the case. 18-month deal we offered him, and then I think we could trigger another another uh, another year. Um, but it's all it's all over the place. You know, we need to have someone come in where it's like, all right, you've signed the four-year contract. This is the plan. This is what we're going to do this year, and we're going to build up build on that next year. So we know where where the club stands and where we're going. Then if we have any iffy performances, like we've had recently, you know, we don't go, you know, uh, on a meltdown. And it's like, okay, we might have had a couple of disasters, but there's a process and we have to bear with it. But at the moment, everyone's expecting something. Everyone's expecting silverware. Everyone's expecting us to be challenging for this, that and the other. Yet we don't know what you know, what state the club is going to be in the next year or two. Is Conte going to be in charge? Are we going to have someone else? Are we going to have players left over from, you know, Conte's reign for the next managers to deal with? You know, th these are all the things that, you know, are currently, uh, you know, I think, <laughs> I think there's the, a lot of questions, you know. Uh, I, I think the issue of what you just said in terms of transparency when he came in, it was a weird situation. He... Uh, he was brought in, I think, to appease a lot of the fans because Nuno was a, a, a raging failure. And after 742 years trying to find a manager, the 3-0 loss to uh, Man United and the god-awful football where we, we didn't know what to score the goal meant. So appease some of the fans to get Conte in, who's an elite manager, get him in short term and then see what happens. So I'm not sure there was a plan other than let's keep the fan base quiet a little bit. We've got Conte now in terms of two, three years down the line. I'm not even sure that was kind of looked into, looked into in the sense that if he does well, there'll be a two, three year, four year thing. If he doesn't, we'll have to get rid and do something else, but we're not going to know that. We're not going to know that, but hopefully he, he flexes his muscles. Conte saying, I want this player, this player, this player, get me that player. I'll stay here. And then we can do that. And, Yes, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, for a lot of fans, that is the final hope. It certainly mm. is for me. There are some that have already given up on that hope. Well, if Conte and, can't do it, I don't think there's any hope for anybody yeah, being able to absolutely. convince Levy to to. But like you said, Bez, about the, the I was at the Guns and Roses gig, absolutely packed. I was told the NFL game not the ones that have just happened, but a few years ago, whatever drew one million pounds just from beer sales. Yeah. So there should be money coming in. We've had a, 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 a boxing match. I think we've got Tyson Fury one. We had Lady Gaga. The Guns N' Roses was two nights. There's a load of other things as well. So there's got to be money coming in from somewhere, but hopefully Conte can prize that out from him. But again, it remains to be seen because yeah. we don't know. It's this constant, it's this constant thing over 
hanging over our heads of again with we're in the top 10 right i think it's the 10th some some say 10th some say 8th <clears throat> in terms of value of club now the 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 the, the issue here right is that the argument that people say is that, yeah, that's just the valuation. That doesn't necessarily mean you've got, you know, the money coming in. Actually, it does. Because although, you know, let's say, for instance, Daniel Levy wanted to sell the club, right? The amount of money that he demands is the amount of money that he demands. That isn't the same as what the club is valued at. If, say, for instance, he turns around and says, okay, I'll sell the club, but I want £6 billion for it, Right. That is how much he wants for the club. That's not how much the club is valued at. The valuations that the likes of Deloitte will produce will be valuation based on brand recognition. Yeah, brand recognition, turnover, profit, asset value, you know, capital investment. All of these things, they will be done not based on what the owners think it is mm. worth but what it is worth in comparison to everyone else and in comparison to market forces so when we're the 10th most valuable club in the world that means that we should be operating in terms of the football as the 10th most valuable club in the world i don't see us operating like that and i don't see us ever having operated like that under him so now is the time, and we've been in that, we've certainly been in the top 20 for a while, right? So the point here is, why are we different? Why is it that Arsenal can go out, will, will go out and spend £380 million and Tottenham won't? Yeah. Well, it remains to be seen, you, you know, it might... Yeah, of course. I'm convinced some of the signings that we got in the summer were Conte signings. Not all of them. Uh, I, I think Richarlison was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not all of them. But, I mean, that that's certainly a bit of an improvement when you hear the stories of previous managers saying, I wanted this player. <laughs> I wanted a left back. Here's Darren Bent for you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it remains in January, I think, to see what happens there. But, uh Let's move on. Uh, we'll do a kind of mid-season review and talk about the league game as well. But uh, for uh, the player of the season, I think it's largely because Kulusevski's been injured. But for me, certainly yeah. recently, this guy on the yeah. left, on the left, uh, yeah. Benton Kerr has been absolutely superb. Five goals in, I, I think he scored five goals this season. That's more goals than he managed in his last 250 or 60 appearances, but... Uh, He's never we'll start... scored five goals in the season. Yeah, I we'll think. start with you this time, Hass. Uh, player of the season so far for you, and word on Ben Tukor, if he's not your player. No, um, I, I totally agree for this season. Um, even PH, uh, Pierre-Emil Heiberg, you know, he's up there as well. Um, you know, he's had a he's had a relatively good season as well, but for me, Ben Tukor has been phenomenal this season. He's yeah. really stepped up to the plate, he, I don't know whether it's, you know, it's the whole World Cup thing. You know, he, he wants to sort of be playing in that team. Um, you know, his spot's, you know, not under any danger, let's be honest, in the Uruguay team. But <laughs> look, um, for us, he's been absolutely amazing. He's, he's 
last-minute goals, uh, Bournemouth, and now uh, the other day Leeds as well. And you know, he got one in the Champions League. I can't remember. And in if the it's Champions Marseille League as well. Or sporting or both. But... Absolutely. And, you know, he's becoming a well rounded sort of midfielder. You know, I, I watched him a few times at Juventus, Chris, and, you know, it, it seemed a little bit underwhelming playing at Juventus. But, you know, then again, you know, they've got big egos there. They had Ronaldo there at the time, <laughs> certain other players as well. But here yeah, he seems to have sort of flourished and, you know, really seems to be playing his trade in a superb manner now. And long may that continue. For me, he has to be up there, not just for Spurs, but also probably one of the best midfielders in the league at the moment. Top five, certainly. Um, Obviously, when you've got the likes of De Bruyne in the league as well, you know, he's always going to be in the conversation. But for me, he's been a vital player for us. And, you know, if he was to go out injured, he would be one of the most um, sort of, you know, missed players, should I say, as opposed to someone like Richarlison being injured. We can cope with that to an extent, but the engine room is what's most important at the moment. And does Conte really trust anyone else in the centre? I don't really think so. You know, we've got the likes of Bissouma, who's starting to show signs of the player that we bought from Brighton. Yeah. But, you know, then you've got the likes of Saar and Skip, who, for me, I personally think Conte doesn't seem to trust fully at the moment. Otherwise, they would have had a lot more opportunities this season. Skip's an interesting one. He's been injured getting back to fitness, but he's not getting the game time. So his fitness isn't really going to get up, is it? You need to kind of play four or five games in a row. But if your fitness isn't there, you can't really afford to take passengers. And that's the thing with with a Conte team. With a Conte team, you have to be fully fit, you know, concentrating for 90 plus minutes. And, you know, your fitness levels have to be through the roof. And quite clearly, they they worked on that during pre-season. Yeah. But, um, and, and you know, they would have known the amount of games we were going we to have to play uh, first half of the season. So, you know... Yeah, <laughs> by the time Conte trusts a player, the season's nearly <laughs> over. Uh, but yeah, Vez... Uh, for you, Bentico, player of the season, and and uh, 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 has also mentioned it. Hoiberg, unsung hero, he's added goals to his game as well. I think the two of them created a good partnership last year. Bentico seems to have been dragging us through. Uh, uh, one more comment. Uh, uh, Romero hardly ever plays royally scared shitless to even touch ball. Yeah. We'll talk about the defence a bit later on. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Bentico, player of the season for you, and uh, Kulu has said he's the, yeah. one of the most underrated players or midfielders or players. I can't remember if he used midfielders or players mm. in the world. Uh, but yeah, he's been superb for us. And thank God we've had him while they've been out injured because well, God knows where we'd be if we didn't have him. He's missing for the uh, Brentford game, by the way. Sorry, I might yeah, just yeah, add, he, he picked yeah, up he the yellow. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Tanko, yeah. Um <sighs> Obviously, it's all ifs and maybes, but I reckon he probably would have been, he probably wouldn't have been my pick if Kulu had remained fit. Yeah, I think yeah. Kulu in that game against, um, what's it called? Against Leeds, <clears throat> was a magician. Yeah. He was just, for a player who, in terms of pace, is n- not 
<laughs> that was his criticism, was it? And then the last goal, he slid yeah. past the fellow. Terrible defending, but we can. Let's not forget, Riz. Um, pace yeah. isn't everything. A lot of a lot of a lot of good players who have pace rely on their pace. Yeah. Players like I would rather have someone who relies on balance and agility, which yeah. is what Kulusevski has. Yeah, no, no, I know. I'm just saying. Um, I, I know it's not a criticism yeah. at all. I'm just yeah. saying. You know, for what but, he lacks in pace, his balance and agility is absolutely allows him to pull off the things that he does. And, and his football in vain as well, because a lot of players would have yeah. gone for goal on that last uh, last yeah. goal. Yeah. But he saw Benton Kerr there, laid it on a plate for him, get the win, uh, three points. I don't know if you yeah. saw on the last on the last goal. You sorry, Rez. Sorry, I'm, not, I'm cutting you out. I just wanted no, to get no. this in. On the last no. goal, um, he... Emerson picks up the ball. You can quite clearly see him pointing at Emerson. Yeah, Emerson, yeah, pass the ball to Kane. I'm going to make the run. Passes the ball to Kane, plays a one-two with Kane, and he runs into the box. I mean, that was around three passes before he took the touch. Yeah. Shows you what sort I, of football I saw, I brain saw he that, has. I saw that on Twitter as well. And yeah, uh, the, the, the whole criticism his pace is, is a lot of Spurs fans were saying that, but Teddy Sheringham no, no. never had pace. Unbelievable but player. Essentially, what essentially what you've done has is what I did to you earlier. I would have said Kulisevsky because again he showed in the Leeds game. Just, I mean, he's just come back from injury. Bear yeah. in mind, and he, he made a difference within that. about two minutes against Liverpool, didn't he? After being injured, exactly. For, so I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I, I would. If I was to extrapolate, I probably would have said I reckon Kulu would have done mm. more, certainly more eye-catching performances mm. than Benton Kerr. But that doesn't necessarily make, make that player, you know, a, a better player, if you like. It's just different. Um, we, in the absence of Kulusevsky, yeah, I mean, Benton Kerr has been head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, it's probably fair to say. Um, you know, weirdly, you said Hoiberg was the unsung hero. I'm actually going to say that I think Kane has probably been the unsung hero because he's got, I think it's 12 game, twelve goals in 15 games, yeah. which is a great return. Yeah. I mean, if Haaland weren't in the league, he'd be the talk of the, the striking town, yeah. wouldn't he? Haaland's just... Yeah. And, and all these people saying Haaland's better than Kane. If Kane was in that team, he'd be getting the same amount of goals, maybe even more yeah. than Haaland. So... Yeah, Erling Erling Haaland. Look, there is there is something about Erling Haaland that does make him a special player. Okay, um, you've got to bear in mind during his Dortmund tenure, his goal return was as impressive as his goal return so far for Man City. In Man City, he has the perfect place to score a hatful of goals. Okay, and it does show you just how shit Gabriel Jesus actually is, right? <laughs> I don't fucking rate the guy at all. The only thing I rate Gabriel Jesus on is his ability to look like his dog has just been shot, right? With that expression on his face, he always looks like he's on the verge of tears. It's the right? That's the race. only thing. He's doing. That's because yeah. of the shirt he's forced to wear, but he signed a yeah, contract. Don't fool. Yeah, but. <laughs> the thing you've got to be right, yeah. I mean, if Kane if Kane was in that Man City side, he would be getting a similar goal return 
to Erling Haaland because that what what he's had with Spurs for the last two and a bit seasons is that he's had responsibility for also creating. Whereas if he was in that Man City side, the only thing that Guardiola would need to say to him is just score goals, just score goals. I will will set up a situation where you will have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. You take that away from Kane, that's half his job that he does for Spurs. He would be scoring similar to Haaland, right? But Haaland, there is something. But what makes Haaland special is also what makes Kane special, right? The difference is that Haaland doesn't have or hasn't demonstrated that he has the ability to create in the same way that Kane does. But Kane has been an unsung hero for us because he's not done it spectacularly this season. He's just almost said, right, I'm just going to score. I'll just score. I'll just score. It's no big deal. I'll score, right? And that's what he's been doing for us. Um, without Kane's goals, we would be in a very, very different situation right now. So I think although Hoyberg does deserve credit and hasn't received as much credit as he should, I think Kane this season hasn't received as much credit as you would expect for what he's delivered for us. Yeah. I mean, I don't know his actual numbers in the Premier League, but I think it's about nine. He scored seven nine. in the last seven home games, I think. But yeah, uh, yeah I have to bet, says he's amazing, gets so few chances in the game, yeah. playing with an average team for years, scores an amazing amount of goals. Uh, Absolutely. And, can, I, no, can I just say on that, Chris? Sorry. Um, Kane this season has been the only uh, forward who's been injury-free so far. What that's yes. meant is that he's had to play without the mm. likes of the other, other forwards for many games, you know, Richarlison's been out, Son's been out, Son's yeah. and Son actually was out of form, dropped from the team. He's had to play without a lot of these players most games. You know, yeah. look at the last couple of games playing with Perisic um, up top. You know, so for him to be doing what he's doing, scoring goals mm-hmm. regularly still, despite not having the same level of service, especially from the likes of Son. And Kulusevski mm-hmm. being out, I think it's been one of his most productive seasons so far. Yeah. And we've not even reached the halfway point yet. Now, what, what concerns me is what kind of cane we get back from the World Cup and yeah. whether he's going to be fit and ready to go. And that, I mean, that applies to Richarlison as well. You know, he's going to be playing in the World Cup. But yeah. Kane, arguably, you know, as captain, he's going to be starting every game. I mean, it'd be better, kind of better, wouldn't it, if uh, England got knocked out in the group stages? Then he gets about three weeks mm. off. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, but yeah, we've got a comment here. Uh, Sun doesn't look happy under Conte, not suiting him. So that brings us nicely on to the three of them. Uh, ignoring Kulu there, don't realise he's there. And Richarlison mm. as well. So the four of them. So we've kind of talked about Kane. Son, uh, let's go on to him, uh, Vez. Uh, completely different player to what we saw last year. Uh, not really sure what I can put my finger on. I thought it was a confidence thing. Then scored those three goals, yeah. two great finishes as well against Leicester. And then went back again in, into that re- the kind of regression. Scored a couple of good goals against uh, mm. uh, Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Yeah. And then went back again. Is it the system? Is it the fact that there's three up top now rather than just him and Kane and he's not ad- adjusted to it quickly enough? Uh, what do you put the, the, the poor form down to? Because last season he was unbelievable and for previous seasons as well, to be fair, possibly mm. apart from the first one that he joined us in. 
he's been unbelievable, but he doesn't look like the player he is now. And obviously, the hopefully he can play in the World Cup, but doesn't do any more damage because the fact of the eye socket isn't something to take lightly. But yeah, uh, talk about Sun. Would you put this this complete shadow of the the, the player last season down to? It's very difficult to to say. It could be anything, right? It could be anything. It could be confidence. It could be the system. It could be he's peaked. How do you know? We don't know. It, it can happen to a player at any point. And he's now on a on a downslide, you know, on the, the downside of his career. Because it can happen. There's no way of knowing for certain, right? What we do know is that he's not been on the at the top of his game. That's all we can say with certainty, is that he's not been playing at the top of his game. He's not playing to the standard that we know. Um, I am loath to put it down to a specific reason, because I, I just generally don't have all the information that's needed uh, to make that determination. A lot of people will turn around and say, he's shit. That's quite clearly the case. Some people will say he's old. Again, there have been players who've played older than him. You know, for every potential argument to explain it, there's a counter argument as well. You know, um, so I'm, I'm all, all I will say is my hope is that it's something temporary uh, because I probably love Sonny more than any other Spurs player. For me, he is Mr. Tottenham. Um, he is for me the exemplar, the exemplar of this club. Uh, you know, a lot of people said that a lot of people might treat Harry Kane as the talisman for this club, not for me. He's my talisman of Spurs. Um, Son. So I don't know. Is really what it all boils down to, and I'm and I'm reluctant to make a guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there's you've just spoke uh, has. Uh, I'll talk Mark, again if you want. That's not part of the process. I got it wrong. Yeah, but you uh, know what? Me and, Haz, me and Haz have been answering each other's questions all night. That doesn't actually yeah. matter. right? Just pick one of us and we'll just say what the other's thinking anyway. Yeah. We're like the Son and Kane of the YouTube world. And we're just exactly. Saying, it's telepathic. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. all up here. Excellent. So, yeah, yeah uh, uh, Haz or Vez or whoever... Uh, would you sell Son to Real Madrid or whoever else is linked with him? I've only seen Real Madrid. Uh, would you sell him? Um, I wouldn't, to be honest. I think it's just a bit of a blip. Uh, he's still a wonderful, wonderful player. He's obviously got that telepathic link with um, Kane. And what it what we have when he plays is a bit of pace up front. Whether he's playing well or not, we have that pace up front and the opposition have to think they've got someone who can run in behind here if the ball goes over the top. So for me, I wouldn't sell him. But, uh, yeah, Has would you sell him? And what do you put this down to, this this poor form? Or is it yeah, just that I, all strikers have bad form? I mean, I'll drive him up to Real Madrid tomorrow, Chris. No, I'm joking. I'm not, I'm joking. I wouldn't. <laughs> um, look. <laughs> you, no, you were very convincing no. when you said that, though. I, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> that was the whole aim of it. So, no, actually, I was being honest. I would drive him up there. I would sell him. Um, and here's my reasons. <laughs> I am joking again. Um, no. 
Did I get you for the second time or did yes, I not manage? Fucking it? Did. Oh, I did. Oh, not at the start, but then I but then when you went on, I thought, oh hang on. Um look, I have to agree with Reese. Uh for me, he's not only Mr. Tottenham, but he's an exemplary footballer. He is how I think every footballer should be, how every footballer should conduct themselves. And he's the sort of player that makes you proud that he's in your team. And, and there's not too many of those players about. No. And all of the hate that comes towards Son are because of those facts that he is simply one of the most amazing human beings on planet Earth. Okay? I'm not just saying that. You know, when we signed him, I didn't imagine that we would be acquiring someone of his, you know, ability and character, you know, everything's just so perfect. For me, it, it's a hard no to Real Madrid. Honestly, we should do everything we can to keep this guy at the club. Um, and I would love to see him finish his career at Spurs. I don't think he um, wants to leave. Mm, and, and, I don't think we he get, does. Unless we get like relegated or something like that, and then someone yeah. comes in who can offer him for, uh, Champions League football. I don't think he wants to leave. He signed that and, contract. I think he will end his the thing, career. And yeah. here's the thing as well. Um, there's a lot of talk here, here, there and everywhere. You know, Real Madrid, Real Madrid. You know, Real Madrid have the likes of Vinicius, have the likes of Rodrigo, have the likes of many other players um, for me, if if he ended up saying to the board, look, I want to go to Madrid, it would only be based on I've always wanted to play for them, not because I'm going to get game time week in, week out. Yeah. You know, at, at, you know, put it this way. If I'm if I'm Son, why am I? And, you know, I've had no affiliation to Spurs before, let's say, and I'm Son. And I've been there for the past, you know, eight, nine, whatever, 10 years why am I going to leave you know the fans love me I, I play every game um, I've had a successful career there albeit with no trophies but you know the, the environment that he's in at the moment why would you want to leave that environment hmm. you know personally I think I think if if, if it did ever materialise it would be it would be on on the owners and the board who would make that decision to say, well, actually, we want to sell you. So, you know, I, I don't actually think he himself would want to go. And also, you've got to factor the other thing, um, Chris, is that not only, you know, is he a talisman, but he brings in a hell of a lot of money yeah, to Tottenham. Yeah. All you've got to do is look at the pre-season. He sold that. <laughs> and that was, that, was just, that was just on Son. The yeah. fact that the you know the stadiums were sold out, people oh, just were in coming career to alone. Son. Just people in career come alone, from we, Korea we... <laughs> to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yeah. to see Son. Well, that, well, that pre-season yeah. tour, just in career, the amount of shirts that we sold, uh, I think was a ridiculous amount of number. I, but uh... I would, I would, I would just caveat that ever so slightly. We should be aware that the amount of money that an individual player will generate for a club is not that much. Yeah. They do generate money and Sonny does generate for a player. He does generate a lot as a player, but it's not that much when it comes to shirt sales and merchandise. 
in the great scheme of things. No, no, no player does, right? You know, the 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 sort of day that people people do the whole, well, what about when Beckham went to Real Madrid? That really was just an isolated incident with that one, right? Or people say, well, what about Ronaldo to Juventus? Ronaldo actually ended up costing Juventus money. They don't generate that much money. They do generate some, but not that much, right? So we should be wary of that. For me, Sonny's contribution to the club is purely on the pitch, is the only thing that I think is worth talking about, right? The South Korean tour notwithstanding, because, yeah, it has, you're right, they did come to watch him play, right? Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's not, it's not a huge amount of money that they generate. I mean, surely that's enough. Uh, and I know I don't want to go on about how much money generates any, any longer, but surely that's enough to pay the wage of two or three, maybe four fringe players. And if that's the case, then, then brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, yeah, you could argue, you could argue that, but then obviously at the same time, you've got the players wages it himself to consider, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Sort of absolutely. But, but look, I think we can. But I'm just. This is. This is not about Sun specifically. It's about there is a there is a narrative within football fans, um, sort of heads that if you get a big player, you know, he'll pay his own wages. No, he really won't. Um, you know, people say with well, the shirt sales alone will cover the transfer fee. No, it really <laughs> won't. Right for a, for a seventy pound shirt, this is good. What's going to shock people? So let's say you buy a Spurs shirt for £75, the club will get about £4 of that. That's about the level that you're getting. Yeah. Right? The rest yeah. of it will be the cost of manufacture and the profit goes to Nike. Right? Four to five pounds from every £75 thing will go to the club. So, I mean, think about it. If you wanted, let's say you buy a player for £50 million, you'd have to sell 10 million shirts. Spurs sell around 250000 a season. Right, so small yeah, uh, one point, uh, you know, yeah. five or a go that's 1.25 million pounds compared to 330 million pound turnover, which is what Spurs used to have. It's a drop in the ocean, it really is. Yeah, back to a couple of comments. I can't remember where they are, are now. There's been a lot that come in. Thanks everyone for watching and adding the comments. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, really helps the channel. But yeah, uh, I have Tourette saying that if uh, Kane leaves, Sun won't stay. We won't know about that until that happens. And Kane, when he breaks Greaves' record off to Munich, I don't think that will happen. I think he wants to break Shearer's record to stay in the Premier League. Who? No idea who can afford him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and he also said as well that Richarlison hasn't worked out. So yeah, Haas. Richarlison, uh, he's obviously kind of a fringe kind of player. <laughs> uh, Kulisevsky has started the season before the injury, obviously. And then when he did get injured, Richarlison was injured at the same time. So we didn't get the benefit of trying to nick his spot back. Uh, so Kane, Son, Kulu is the front three. Uh, and Richarlison's kind of back up to that. But he, he does put himself about a bit. And he did make differences when he came on, certainly against Chelsea. How do you think he he's he's uh, started this season? Obviously, the injury was a bad one. and And we could have really done with him there. But... Yeah, how, how do you think he's settled into the team? And do you think it's going to be a good signing? I when think we, we need to it? we need to be a bit patient with Richarlison. I do think we paid over the odds for him. Um, I would have probably said half of what we paid would have been a, a good evening to Bobby K. By the way, um, Bobby K. Yeah, doing, Bobby? And also everyone else. Bobby. Brilliant. 
<laughs> there you go, Bob. Nice to see you now. Piss off. <laughs> hit the uh, like first. Big, big, big the, love. To you. Hit the big, like big. first, though, Bob. Before yeah, you big love, on. big love. <laughs> Look, I, I would have, I would have probably valued him somewhere between thirty to thirty-five million. Yeah. I think sixty million was way over the odds. But that's the that's the going rate in the Premier League these days, you know, to to acquire someone who arguably is the best player at that club, um, and they don't come cheap. But look, we need to be patient with Richarlison. For me, he has been a bit underwhelming. Uh, the, the best game he probably had was when he scored two against Marseille, and um, you know, we've got to bear in mind that he's at the moment he's he's playing out of position most games. Yeah. Um, his more natural position is as a centre forward um, through the middle is probably what I would say is his best position. And having to come in off the wings and and build up play from the midfield is just it's just not sort of his style. So you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people at the moment who are a bit disgruntled with Richarlison uh, mm-hmm. compared to what they were like uh, beginning of the season where they were like you know I didn't like him but he's our shit house now. But, um, you know, look, for the time being, he's got to work his way back up into, into the team, into the reckoning again. And, um, you know, if Sonny's firing, if Kane is firing, Kulusevsky, I'm not going to mention because he's just different gravy. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, if those three are firing, he's not going to get into that team um, just like that. He's going to need to work himself in. And at the moment, I can see him coming in, um, you know, second half, last 15, 20 minutes, and this is what we needed before, Chris. This is we needed players that could come in and give a break to the likes of Kane and Son. Yeah. You know, last 15, 20 minutes of a game. And, you know, he's gonna have to be that man until such time where it's like we've got to rely on you now. So, yeah. you know, for me, 60 million, way over the odds, but we need to give him time purely because of the investment that we've made in him. You know, if we're if we're paying 55 odd million uh, for the likes of Ndombele, who's never played in the league before, <laughs> then surely, surely we've got to stick by Richarlison and we've got to give him yeah. time and we've got to give him support. Um, in terms of whether he's settled into the club, I've got no doubt he's he's settled into the club. You can see that, you know, um, he's a very passionate man and he's got a certain presence around the players in the club. So no yeah. issues there whatsoever. He just needs to do his talking on the pitch now. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I have Tavets here. Says he looks so unhappy. He's been in the public limelight for about ten years. I don't think I've ever seen the guy smile. <laughs> he always looks unhappy, but that's what you want. But how how do you rate him, Vez? Uh, he's he would have he, he would have yeah. covered up for Kane and and uh, covered up for Kane. He would have uh, replaced Kane in games and got off the mark mm. in Premier League if he hadn't have had that injury. I'm sure. I, a lot of Spurs fans, a lot of Spurs fans judge him based on his price tag right and i when this was right from the moment that we were linked to him right everyone was saying he's not worth 60 million that's that's like that's that's like that's like has said though he was he basically kept everton in the league their best player they need the money. You want him. You pay our valuation. You if we're pay over our the valuation top. exactly. Yeah. If you so want in the same player, way that people were saying Kane yeah. for Man City with 150 is too much. So our valuation is our best player. You want him. You go play. If you don't, if you, yeah. If you listen again, the 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 analogy I always use is 
if you go into a shop, right, and you want to buy a Mars bar, and the shopkeeper says that would be £7.50, you've got a choice. You either pay £7.50 and get your Mars bar, or you walk out the shop. There's no, oh, that yeah. Mars bar isn't worth £7.50. That's not, that's not the, I mean, the issue here. I mean, you unfortunately, with the... With, with, right. with the rising cost, though, that's probably not a far off. But the point is, is that you have to pay. If you want something, you have to pay the price that is set by the vendor. Yeah. You don't turn around and say the the one the comment that I've said. Oh, just absolutely. I, I laugh at the same time as thinking. Do you have zero critical thinking skills whatsoever when people say it? It's like, yeah, 30 million pounds per goal. No, that's not how it works, right? You buy the player. It's not a case of the more you pay, the more you're going to get necessarily, right? It's about whether or not football is a team game. It's whether or not, whether or not that player fits what you're trying to do. I believe that Richarlison does fit what we're trying to do. I believe that he has a contribution to make. I believe that he has made a contribution since being here and that we've got that 10 games is not enough to judge a player, right? It's not enough. Yeah, Especially when he's been injured for a large chunk of the games as well and playing out of position like Haas said and And, someone else said. And those 10 games include substitute appearances as well, right? So give the guy time judge him after a sufficient amount of time has gone. There is every possibility that he will be a flop. There is every possibility that he will be a star. We don't know yet. We need to give him that chance. Exactly. And so any player, anyone right now who makes a decision, be that that Richarlison is the shittest player to play for Spurs or that Richarlison is the greatest Spurs player in history, is deluding themselves you have to give him time yeah i mean as long as he as long i have to say i do love angry vez he's back (laughs) he's back baby uh but yeah as long as he stays fit with charles and he's gonna get game time after the world cup because kane's gonna need a rest but uh yeah love angry vez been a long time since i've seen angry vez and we'll be talking about the defenders later so it'll be super angry vez uh but let's cheer everybody up uh the last one of the four kulu uh uh Hass, he's just he's the future of Tottenham if we, we don't sell him and no one tries to pick him off. He's just you mentioned about the point. Well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you uh you mentioned about the point into Emerson for the uh, uh last goal, uh three passes before he got it, but he's just a star, is he? And he's not playing in the World Cup, so he's gonna be fresh. Absolutely. Um for me, he's magical. And the last person I used that term for was uh David Ginola. Because David Ginola was magical. Not only his hair, but his feet. Um, but look, for me, could, he was worth it. Worth every he single was. penny raised. Every <laughs> single penny. Um, type of player that gets bums off seats. You know, as soon as he's on the ball, you're up. What's he going to do? And, and for me, um, like I mentioned, Ginola was like that as well. You know, for me, Kulisevsky is in that sort of mould where He'll pick up the ball, carry it forward, beat his man, get get a little ball in here and there. For me, the guy is, you know, we've unearthed another gem, in my opinion. And 
I'm not actually quite sure if we if he's still on loan or we've actually bought yeah, him. Or Mark, Mark him. Cousins, have we bought him yet? If, or, because uh, yeah, I think if, we buy him we at the end of the season potentially. Right. But we will buy him. There's no way they're not going to. I mean, buy if we him have first dibs on him, um, we should I, hopefully have first dibs on him as part of that. Uh, I loan. think it's part of the deal, isn't it? That at some right. point we have to pay for him. It depends if. It, it, it's this much if we get Champions League. It's a little bit more if we don't get Champions League. I think uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we, there's no way we're not going to sign him based on what he's done in uh, just under a year yeah. in in like ten. Just months. under a season. Yeah, just there's, under there's, a season. There's, there's no way we're not going to buy him, and it's not like eighty million either. I think it's about forty million or something like that. So, yeah, but twenty-two not, year old who's doing what he's doing, dirt cheap in this day and age. Well, Daniel Levy would be somewhere <laughs> painting the walls at the moment um, with with what, what we've uncovered with Kulusevsky because the lad is 22 years old. We've potentially, you know, we're potentially going to put a bid in of around 40 million or whatever it is um, with a potential resale value of close to 80 to 90 million, if not more. So what more could we ask for? Um, in that sense, uh, you've got to ask yourself, has Paratici been a success at Spurs? Well, based off Bentoncourt and Kulusevsky, I would have to, you know, I would have to say yes at the moment. Um, you know, he's not going to get every player that we go after. I do get that. Mm. Uh, but he needs to be active at the moment in terms of defensive players, you know, centre-backs, wing-backs. But um, certainly those two, what he did in that January transfer window to bring those two players where... You know, let's be honest, if the Chelsea's of this world caught wind of what they would have turned out like, would have been there like a shot. Even though they've got about 60 right wingers, 60 left wingers <laughs> and, and 70 um, attacking players, they, they would have gone for them. No, no two ways about it, you know. So this is this is the kind of market that we need to compete in with, with the big boys, you know, the cities and the Chelsea's. We have to be we have to be clever in the market. And I believe that's why, you know, we brought in the likes of Paratici to sort of get us over the line in terms of finding these deals. Because we can't compete with Chelsea. No. We can't compete with Manchester City or United or, in terms of financial Newcastle, muscle. Or Newcastle now. You know, and I also, I'm a we big can, fan. compete with Chelsea. We in, can. In terms of finance? Because, yes, because you've got to remember that Chelsea were financed by Abramovich. There is no indication that Todd Bowley is going to continue that, right? Commercially, I, I, I would tend to disagree, Rez. Commercially, Chelsea are similar to us. They're a bit higher than us, but they are... You've got to remember, Abramovich, Abramovich funded Chelsea to the tune of almost £1.5 billion, pounds over 12 years or however long he was there for, right? So there is nothing to say that Todd Bowley is going to do that, right? You've also, this is the thing a lot of people say, oh, but Chelsea are owned by a billionaire. So are Spurs, right? The clubs like Man City, the clubs like Newcastle, they will pour money in. There is nothing to say that Chelsea are going to do that. There's nothing to say that Arsenal are going to do that. Arsenal have used their own creative financing in order to fund their things. They're, yeah. they're, they're, this is why Liverpool, FSG, want to sell Liverpool because they know that they cannot do what Man City and Newcastle are doing. That's why they want out of the game. 
That's why yeah. their new owner is someone like the eighth richest man in the world. He will be able to keep pouring money in. Chelsea, there's nothing to say that Todd Bowley's going to do that. So we can compete with Chelsea, not necessarily right now in terms of prestige, but once they watch, they're not going to be going on the spending on the, you know, spunking money on players like they did under Abramovich. They're going to be dropping down again. I'd like to agree with you, Rez. Um, But, you know, based off the transfer window they had, um, Mm -hmm. sort of going in a bit gung-ho with spending money, you know, that, that, that's the reason why I was saying, you know, they, they've still got that sort of financial muscle because, you know, it's insane spending 60-odd million pounds on, on the likes of Mark Cucurella. Um, You know, they went out and bought, uh, was it Mendy at the back? You know, ridiculous yep. money. And, and for me, that, a chairman just coming in, and spending that sort of money for me, it was like, well, you've you've kind of shown your intent here, um, and you, you're probably going to go out and spend that, freely, just that, like. Um, but this is what is, I was going to say, Chris Agomba. That, that was that first. Right. Look, everyone, I'm your savior. <laughs> yeah. 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 By Bowley, yeah. it's all PR, right? Yeah. When you spend four billion or three and a half billion on a club, you know. And you've got to bear in mind, this is not necessarily his own money that he's spending, right? He can leverage a lot of that money, you know? He got a, he got a sweetheart deal to take the club over. You know, coming in and spending two, three hundred, four hundred million pounds once is doable. I firmly believe that we are not going to see the Chelsea of the Abramovich era. Yeah. I hope you're right, Rez. I hope you're right. But I was also going to mention... I do agree with you in terms of we can compete with Chelsea and perhaps other clubs. But, however, uh, we choose not to. And, and I echo the words of Chris in the chat. We, we, we just don't. We don't. We, have, we know we have the money. You know, we know that we have the, the windfall um, and everything else. But we just choose not to. You know, we, we don't like to sort of, you know, push the boat out. We've never been that sort of club. So, yeah, we can, but we won't. But... Um, well, it know, remains I, I to be just... seen in January, doesn't it? If if I, I, I said at the start of the season, make sure you're there or thereabouts. I was talking about like title and top four. We are there or thereabouts because we're fourth. Then, like you said with Arsenal, they're top of the league. Be serious to where you are to finish there, or, or, or they can't finish. Above. I believe we they'll can. spend, Chris. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I honestly in the same way. Spend. In the same way, we've got to be serious, so we've got to spend. So I. Conte will be asking for it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Whether we do is another thing. And just can very just quickly. Say, sorry, Chris. Can I just say <coughs> more right. so than anything else, there needs to be a culture change at the club. The mm. culture at the club needs to change. I do believe Conte may be able to be, you know, may be able to um, do something about that. He may be the person that might be able to change the culture at the club, but we need to stick with him. If he, if he's able to change, you know, the culture and everything else, the, the mentality of the club, then we we surely need to stick with him because we could have all the money in the world under Enoch. We could have everything under Enoch, but the culture, you know, you know, you look at the likes of United. Players used to go there because it was like, well, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win stuff. You know, this is what this club is about. It's about winning. And the same thing is happening at, happening at Manchester City now. You know, players want to go there. You know, it's business. I'm going to Manchester City because we're going to win shit. You know, yeah. this is what we do at this club. Whereas, doing it. you know, we 
we get players coming to Spurs, you know, I don't want to mention the likes of Lo Celso and, <laughs> and everyone else, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to Spurs. I'm going to earn some money. I'm not going to win anything. I'm just going there to earn a paycheck after every game. Yeah. I, I, and that's I think, wait, not yeah. what we need at the club. That's not yeah. the type of profile that we need. The yeah. profile we need is, right, I'm here to win. If you're not with me, you know, you can fuck off. And and yeah. when Conte come in, I firmly believe that was the case. And I and I and I do hope there's still some dead wood to get rid of out of this club. Mm. You know, oh, yes, um, yes. and I do hope you know Conte has something up his sleeve and has some sort of plan to, to you know, carry on getting rid of the, the dead driftwood, whatever it is. You know, um, but you know some of these players at this club, as you know, Rez, Chris, you know they've been at this club since the Poch era before Poch era. What are they still doing at this club? I, I think a lot, what, yeah. you know, why are we still offering contracts to these players? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll, I'll wait until after January because, <clears throat> excuse me, because yes, of this me. World Cup, because of this World Cup, I think <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of movement from all sorts of clubs because there's going to be fatigue come March, players are going to get injured. I think January is going to be manic, even more so than any January. And, and just want to get to this one com uh, comment. Alan Harris has responded to Bobby saying, no. What's the question? Do you guys want Ronaldo? No. Not a chance. Not a chance. No. Uh, too much of a bad influence. He'll have to play up top. And that means uh, Kane has to drop deep. And Kane's better than him. No chance. No, no, um, no, no. no. There's no there, there, forget, forget the footballing reasons, right? I don't want that oily preening tosser anywhere <laughs> near my club anywhere right i would i would i would seriously consider setting myself on fire to prevent him from coming to Spurs. you heard it here first yeah. youtube you heard it here first angry mess angry mess angry mess if consider i won't go through with it fuck off right but we've that got evidence guy, that you said you would Vez, right? i'm afraid no, I, I said I would seriously consider. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pick my words, Mr. P. All right. Yeah. No, this guy. This my, guy my, yeah, my show, Vez. Right. I pick the words for you. <laughs> this guy, there is no denying that certainly at some point in the past, if not now, he has been the best footballer on the planet okay or the best discovered football on the planet who knows maybe somewhere in in some you know deep amazonian rainforest tribe there is a foot someone who can play better football than him but we couldn't find him right the guy's attitude I, I i don't drop it on this channel i drop it on my own channel all the time right the only word that i can use to describe him is the c-bomb right i despise ronaldo I despise him as a human being, right? And his, in my view of him, was confirmed last season after that loss where he smacked the, the phone out of the kid's oh, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Paid, oh, yeah. Paid that, for it, that, so that doesn't help, does it? Yeah. That's, That's the, the point. type of person he is, right? That is the type of person he is. Egocentric, self-centered, completely obsessed only with himself. When he turns around, 
any club. It could be Man United or it could be, I don't know if you guys have heard, Ashton United. Have you heard of Ashton United? I oh, put a loan <laughs> offer for Erling Haaland. They put a loan offer yeah. in for Erling Haaland for 28 days today, right? That's fantastic. But regardless, regardless of if you're Man United or Ashton United, you as a player are never bigger than the club, but he yeah. believes he is. Right, yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't want him anywhere. Can you imagine the effect that he would have on our dressing room, who are yeah. already mentally fragile, <clears throat> right? Who have problems when it comes to sports psychology? Can you imagine that oily, preening son of a bitch mm. in our dressing room and the havoc that yeah. he would cause? I mean, I mean right? you, you hit the nail on the head, Vez. Wonderful, wonderful player in his day, and he still can yeah. contribute massively, but. He would yeah. be toxic to that dressing room and to Absolutely. the club, and, and yeah, not Absolutely. not for me, not for me. Uh, yeah, not for me. Uh, I really don't, I took that and ran, but that's. Yeah, I mean, I I can't. Oh my god, Ronaldo! Just, he really burns yeah. my banana. He really does. Well, well now that Angry Vez is full in session, <laughs> let's talk about the central yeah. defenders. You can see Dyer oh, there. Uh, Davies and uh, uh, Romero, they're, they're the only ones I can find. Uh, even Romero's been struggling and uh, a lot of uh, mm. Spurs fans moaning today. Well, he's not that been struggling. Out... He's, he's yeah. in full training yeah. session today with Argentina. Yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah. <laughs> but a, a lot of players, I think, are saving themselves for the World Cup. So after the World Cup, it'll be business as usual. But he's our best defender, Vez. Uh, I don't want to knock you off your angry stride, so we'll come to you first. Yeah. Uh, he's our best defender by a mile. He struggled a little bit this season. Dyer has been his name, uh, certainly in that Leeds game. And by Davies, nature. Davies is a six, seven out of ten every <laughs> game. Doesn't really do a huge amount. Lengley's had good parts, bad parts. But uh, ignore the wing backs for the for the moment. They're a separate yeah. bloody entity. Uh, so it's yeah. just the central defenders. And then you've got Davinson yeah. Sanchez. Uh, I'd rather have me than Davinson Sanchez, to be honest. Although mm. he does play quite well occasionally. And he did uh, 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 help out a lot with... Uh, Bentacle's first goal, he but you did, did, yeah. I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just have a rant on this show, you know? but yeah. I mean, the defense, uh, we've kind of talked about him already. Not good enough, not good enough to Romero aside. Uh, we need Bastoni, someone like that. Bastoni doesn't want to leave into Milan or didn't want to last year. If Conte signs a new deal, that may change, but we need someone in. Just someone to to put the cat amongst the pigeons and go right. If you don't perform, we've got someone quality in. There are there are two aspects to this, right? It's it's both ability and um, commitment. You know, um, <laughs> we have Gary Mabber was have, a go. I admit, yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Look, well, I mean, you've got to look at you've got to look at that type of player. You've got to look at your Gary Mabbots. You've got to look at your Ledley Kings. And essentially, that is the mould that you're looking for, right? For us, getting Bastoni, let's say, hypothetically, is not enough. Yeah? Because it'd be again, a good start, what, though. It'd be a good start. Oh, of course. Absolutely. It would yeah. be definitely it'd be progress, 100%. But it's not enough. Because... Again, we come back to the problem that we had with our attackers this season. What if one of them gets injured? Okay. At the moment, let's take the three that we 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 all look at: Dyer, Davis, and Sanchez. Right. Of those three, only one of them, in my view, 
has any real claim to being a part of the Tottenham squad, and that's Ben Davis, right? Not as a starter, but as part of a squad as a backup. Again, Ben Davis does a six or seven out of ten every game, right? He doesn't make monumental errors. Every player makes errors uh, from time to time, okay? That happens. We have to accept that. Romero has made errors. Fucking Bastoni has made errors. Guardiola Van Dyke makes errors as well. Van Dyke makes errors. Exactly. There is no such thing as a perfect player, okay, that never makes a mistake. So we always have to understand that the def a defensive error is always on the cards. The key thing here when it comes to our central defenders is that the likes of Dyer make errors all the time, make too many errors to be considered a decent defender. He might have a, a pass on him, you know, a long-range pass on him like Toby did, right? But Toby would make one error, you know, or a major error once every 15 games, you know, when he was in his pomp. You know, Jan would make uh, one error every 30 games when he was in his pomp. Dyer makes an error almost every bloody game. Okay, so he could be a good tackler. His positioning might be fine. His pace might be okay. But when you make an error that often, you are not a good central defender and you shouldn't be a central defender. Okay, so for me, Dyer is not good enough for this thing. If no. if you want to play for, I don't know, Christ, I think Brighton, Bournemouth, or not Brighton, Bournemouth, right? Where they can't attract players that only make a defensive error once every 15 games. Fine, go and play for Bournemouth. That's the level that Dyer might aspire to. He should not be aspiring to a club that wants to be in the Champions League. We have to get rid of this player. He has to be gone. Thank you, Eric. I admire your passion. I admire your commitment. Okay? And his bromance with Deli Ali when they were both at the club was actually a thing of joy for me. Right, I enjoyed watching them interact with each other, but that time is gone. Okay, I don't want Eric Dyer here. I don't want Davinson Sanchez, who looks like Bambi on ice when a player runs at him. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. No. We need Mabbots. We need Kings in that yeah. defence, not yeah. Dyer, not Sanchez's. Okay, and Davis when we need him. Yeah, a couple, and couple of comments. A couple of comments from my Avtoret. Bastoni's on the bench mostly this season and Squinny are out of contract at the end of the season. If yeah. he's not going to sign a contract, go in for him in January, get him for half the price. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. the Bobby K household dives world class. Don't know what word. Just don't know what word. <laughs> yeah, uh, bizarro world. That, that's, he's, obviously he's world not, uh, that's obviously not that's obviously not Big K saying yeah. that. He would never go against Dyer like that. But yeah, uh, Hass, uh, my issue is that Dyer is better than what the alternative is because our backup for the, the poor defence is even bloody worse. Uh, so I'd, I'd rather have Dyer in there full-time than Sanchez in there full-time, and that is uh, a, a big old problem. Uh, but you're basically uh, saying, do you know what? You're saying you would rather eat a turd sandwich than a vomit sandwich. <laughs> well, yeah. Nothing wrong with those two options, Riz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Says> the chef. <laughs> Especially with uh, with the crisis we have these days, you know the heat heat or eat crisis. You know, yeah, I think I'll those are sure. perfectly valid options. So don't you know? Ben Kaufman says it here for me. We need a leader at the back that will blame himself, even if it's not his fault. Die always points the finger at someone, but ignore that last sentence. 
we need a leader at the back. We, we've got a few leaders in the team. Yes. Your, your Bentancur, yeah. your Hoybergs. You can even put Don't Kane the in there, maybe. Either. Yeah, uh, no one in that centre, in that defence, that is what you'd call a lead. Van Dyke's a leader. There's no way Van Dyke's sitting at home happy with his season. He's furious with his season. We need someone like that, and I don't think we have anyone in that defence. Romero, maybe, but we need we need that leader yeah. certainly in that centre of those three. If we're playing three at the Romero, back, we need Romero someone who can. Leader. Romero is is uh, yeah. your, is your fire, but he's not your leader. Yeah. He's not he's not a leader. I I agree with um, <laughs> with Rez on that. Um, he needs therapy. Hope we get monetized <laughs> soon so I can cover the cost. <laughs> <laughs> Just do a GoFundMe, Bobby. We'll go fund me for, for, for treating Big K. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah we, I, I definitely agree with the fact that we need some sort of leadership at the back. We've got no leadership qualities, no one sort of communicating, um, you know, effectively with that back line. You look at the likes of Dyer, the only time he's barking is when something goes wrong. And like Ben said as well, you know, he's not blaming himself. He's always barking at the players around him. I get he's got to play with Royale, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes. And Royale doesn't exactly cover himself in glory most games. But, um, you know, certainly for me, Dyer's outstayed his welcome. I can't fault him for his passion for the club. I can't fault him for his commitment to the club. And you can't fault him if he gets picked every week by the manager. That is not on him. That's on the management and that's on the board for, for keeping him there. Um, one thing, one thing I can say is if somehow, uh, during the world cup, he has, um, a very good tournament, then I'm sorry to say he's, yeah, he's we're going to keep him, we're going to keep yeah. him and we're going to offer him a new contract. Is um, that, do, do you think anything of the fact that, uh, his, I wouldn't say poor form cause that's been a, a staple, but this terrible form has been since he got back into that England squad. And now he's thinking about the world cup for me. I, I, I'm not sure not, about he's that. Not but... been in terrible form for Eric Dyer. He hasn't been in terrible form for Eric Dyer. He has been Eric Dyer. He has been Eric Dyer. If you look at his mistakes, Chris, his mistakes are, are basic errors. That They're leads to goal. It's basic. Yeah, his base, his concentration levels are are non-existent. You know, for for the concentration for me, it's more important concentration than being able to tackle as a defender. You could be a bang average defender, which there are plenty in the Premier League. Yep, that gets the basics right week in week out. Okay, and you know you can you can compensate for you know having a bang average defender if your if your attack is good but a defender who sort of knows how to defend and just do the basics. However, Dyer, you know, the concentration and the fact that he makes basic errors week in, week out, you know, we can't compensate for that some games. Mm. You know, we end up having to try and score more than the opposition or try and claw our way back into the game. You know, yeah. if you look at, you know, I'll give Arsenal as an example. You know, they're out playing full free-flowing football, attacking. Um, they know that if they lose the ball in the middle of the park, they've got the likes of Saliba and Gabriel, who are absolutely, you've got to say, you've got to say it, they've been Fantastic. absolute monsters this season. You know, coming up, one, I've watched many games um, this season, you know, where players have gone through one-on-one -on -one with Saliba and no problem. And and this was how what it was like when Liverpool won the league with Van Dijk. 
You know, they weren't scared to be brave and go on the ball and, and lose the ball in midfield because they knew they had the likes of Van Dijk, who, you know, even against us that season, where it was two-on-one, two-on-one with Sissoko, yeah. I believe it was, and yeah. one other he, player. It might be Sissoko and Son. Two-on-one, and he, he took was, them yeah. both on. Yeah? That's the calibre we're he talking did, about. What, what he did there was brilliant. He, he, he blocked off the pass to Son, gambled yeah. on letting... Uh, 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 what's his name? Have a shot, and it went. For he was showing points. him. He basically showed him onto his weaker foot, and he blocked off Son. Yeah, you know, yeah, for me, the, the intelligence he has, the intelligence he has as a defense. Uh, sorry, as a defender, is is phenomenal, and we just don't have that. You know, had we, you know, brought in the likes of someone who gets the basics right, who, you know, the fundamentals of defending. You know, yeah. Conte but, could do something with that. You know, Conte can at least. Mold them into something that he wants. Yeah, the big Unfortunately, one in the chat we're not is... going to be able to do that with with the likes of Dyer and Sanchez. We're not going to coach that out of uh, those sort of players because we've had three other managers who have come in before Conte that couldn't do it. And if a de- and if a defensive minded coach can't do it in the likes of Conte, then who can? Yeah, I mean, it's in the chat there. I have Tourette's and various other. Sven Botman at Newcastle. What a missed opportunity that was. He's been absolutely superb. Absolutely. And not blessed with pace. No. Not blessed with pace. But like we've been saying, but concentration, basic, always spot yeah. on. Up here. Yeah, up concentration here. and composure. Fantastic. Right? Dyer, again, Dyer is also a panicker. Right? He just doesn't show. You don't see it on his face. Right? That's the only difference. But he's he's panicking, okay? Because the you've got to wait. What's up, five guys? You you've got to have that basic knowledge of football, of how how other players are going to play. Dyer doesn't have it, and he's not going to be a decent central defender ever, okay? And I do. I actually blame Poch for this, okay? I do, and a lot of people are going to hate me for it, but Poch has had Poch had faults, and this was one of them. Okay, Eric Dyer came to us as a defender who could generally play in the centre and could also play right back. That's what we bought from Sporting utility player. Okay. I mean, as yeah, and he came in as a young player. I think he's now twenty eight. Is he now? And yeah, he's twenty nine. 29, I think we bought him when he was 21 or 22 years old, or possibly even younger, 20 or something like that, right? That was at the beginning of his career. At that point, he should have been, he's still in that place where he is learning his trade, okay? He has got the fundamentals as a young central defender, and that is where you should have trained him, right? Or he should have been trained. He should have been continued to be trained as a central defender. Poch, for some reason, decided to deploy him as a defensive midfielder. Okay, and at that point, his youth and his energy allowed him to be semi-effective in that role. Unfortunately, retraining a player will stunt potentially. Yeah, um, will stunt the training that he got. So Poch really has turned Dyer into the shit central defender that he is. Okay, Dyer, if he'd received training as a central defender, continued that over the course of his career at Spurs, he may well right now be an actual effective central defender, right? Because he would have learned. He didn't learn. We should not be seeing him. And 
he was trained as a de- he, he was trained as a defensive midfielder and he asked to be put in defense why yeah. because it's easier to play in defense if you can't play well in defense you can't play top level football you cannot play for the elite clubs if you can't if if you can't even play central defense and he can't this guy is no good for spurs okay again as a person i have no issues with him whatsoever right i i have a lot of admiration for the type of person he is but my club is more important eric dyer should not wear the spurs shirt he does not have the tools for that shirt there is no other way of putting it and we are failing as a club if we do not replace him there is no other way of putting it no oh we don't have any money oh there are other priorities (laughs) no (laughs) this is the priority Eric Dyer first, and I've actually put him to the top of the list. Originally, I had Emerson Royal as the as the top priority, but I've since changed my mind. Eric Dyer is the number one priority for moving out of the club. No discussion. Yeah, I mean, speak, speaking of players who lack in concentration and everything, we've been undone a few times this season from lapses of concentration from mm. him. Yep. I mean, where do we begin with him? Uh, they, they've started creeping in. He hasn't done anything for a few games, but you can't have a top-level goalkeeper if you want to get Champions League, win trophies right. and everything, who is going to cause problems. And and what you get right. with uh, someone like a Botman, or a leader in the defence, is it improves all the other defenders' has because they're confident that they've got someone dependable there and will be able to kind of move them through the game. And it works for the uh, goalkeeper as well. If you've got a goalkeeper at the back, who's... There was a time, a few seasons ago now, I was always calm when Loris was playing. Same with Frida when he was playing. Now, Mm. oh dear, when's the next mistake going to come from Dyer, from Loris, from whoever? (sighs) it's probably unlikely that we're going to get a goalkeeper in, in, in January because there are so many more priorities, but certainly in the summer that, that has to be a priority and not just a, another force you know, a stopgap. our mm. new number one. Uh, Henderson would be my choice. It was Pope, but obviously Newcastle have got him there. Uh, what do you think of the goalkeeper situation? Who do you want in instead? Yeah. I mean, it's a shame because, you know, Lloris is coming up to 10 years at the club now. Yeah. Um, and we've had many fantastic seasons with with him uh, between the between the posts, but you know this whole issue of concentration is becoming a bit of a disease at the club. You know, especially at the back. You know, lapses in concentration from him, lapses in concentration from Dyer. You know, if as the captain, Larice, you know, is because Larice can see everything from his position. Yeah. When another team are attacking, and can see everything. Now, as a captain, if you can see what's going on, at least have that something about you where you can pull your defenders, you know, together and say, "Look, you need to be here. You need to be here." You know that that goal we conceded against uh, against Leeds the other day, where it was a headed ball back into into the area. You know what was Dyer thinking there? What was he doing? You know, I get it wrong footed him slightly, but you know. The defence should be organised enough to say, like, yeah. look, push up. You know, push up. He would have been offside if they pushed up. Mm-hmm. Why are they still dilly-dallying, you know? Um, so, yeah, for me, uh, Lloris, 
is as much to blame this season for for many of the goals that we've conceded. Yeah, um, it's not he's not entirely to blame, but he you know majority yeah. um, of goals have been between him and and Dyer in the defence. So he's not faultless, and I think we really need to you know the time has come now to really look into sort of a new number one, not an understudy, not yeah. an who, understudy. Who, who, who would be your pick for me? Honestly speaking, Atletico haven't been doing great. And I think they'll be more inclined to sell us Oblak and Oblak will be more in- inclined to come to us. Yeah. We need someone of that calibre. If not, there are there are a few good goalkeepers in Serie A. Um, and I'm sure Paratici has many contacts in Serie A. But certainly Oblak is... The, the guy is an absolute beast. You know, yeah. he's, he's tall, he's stature. You know, he's just absolute... Absolutely phenomenal goalkeeper, and he has been for years. So, um, for me, I'd go all out for Oblak. But um, if not, you know, we have to look at another number one, not an understudy. Yeah, yeah. Ha- not yeah, an understudy. Yeah. All the short term number one, it has to be a fairly yeah, long term yeah. number one. But uh, I, I just want to get to this quickly, Vez, and then we'll come to you about I wanted to say, okay, world class playing yeah. behind. Yeah, yeah. world class <laughs> playing behind it, a very nervous defence and useless midfield. I think the defence, in part, is nervous because of the goalkeeper at the back making mistakes. I think it's yes. a two way street. The, def- the the goalkeeper's nervous because of the defence. The defence are nervous because of the goalkeeper and they keep making mistakes. That's just my opinion. And for me, he's not world class anymore. He used to be. He was world class. For me, not anymore. Uh, but yeah, sorry, Vez. The thing you've got to, the, the the issue there is that there has to, you, you've got to also understand that it's not designed to be like that. But no. the way that the way that Conte sets up is that the safest place to lose possession. Are, oh, it's the safest place. Essentially, it is the safest <laughs> place to lose possession is in the midfield, right? Yeah. Because if the two midfielders lose that possession, you've got a three that can turn into a five if you've got decent wingbacks. Again, it comes back to the whole wingback situation being key to a Conte system, okay? Because their outlets for that weakened midfield. Conte, is he's deliberately weakening the midfield. Because it's the safest place to lose possession. People say the attack is the safest place to lose position, not in a Conte system. Because what Conte does is that if the attack loses the position, possession, your team is pushed up, and so you've got gaps at the back, right? So it's actually not as safe in midfield with the with the team transitioning, losing the ball there is fine. So Hoyberg losing the ball is not necessarily a weakness. If you had a decent set of defenders behind them. When, which is what you're supposed to have when you play three in the centre of defence. Three in the centre of defence is supposed to be incredibly secure. Look at what Spurs try to do when they lose possession. They try to push the opposition out to the wings. They block off direct balls forward. The reason, but when if you look at the goals that we've conceded, a lot of them have come from the middle. Why? Because the defence is shit. It's not because the midfield lose the ball. The midfield is there to lose the ball almost. Right. It's like if you're going to be pressured, lose it there. It's fine because you can always direct play outwards. When you've got shit defenders, it doesn't matter where you lose the ball. They're going to be shit. Right. You look at interplay when they lost the ball, usually in midfield, their defense was like a rock and they had wingbacks bombing back to provide extra numbers. Right. 
We've got bloody Emerson Royale, who half the time doesn't know which direction he should be playing in. You know? So yeah, I mean, this is I the mean, problem. It's not Hoiberg losing the ball that's the issue. It is the shit central defenders. I mean, Why I, is it I, that when Romero is in that right position, we don't get quite as much impact? Why is it that they shift over to the left or shift even further right? That's why he will be relatively comfortable right now playing Romero because the whole point is to push it as far wide as you can because that's a harder place to actually create a chance from. The days of getting to the byline and, and floating a ball over for your big target man to, to uh, head in are gone. It's all about working the ball in through mid through those middle channels now, right? Yeah. And that's why you need a good defense. That's why for me, Dyer is higher on the list than Romero than Emerson Royale now because it's not enough, right? Romero, Longley, Davis would actually be my pick of the three right now. Yeah, if there was no other central defense, but I want Romero and Longley and one new player in that middle. You know. That's why Dyer plays in the middle usually because he's the shittest of the of the three best, right? Yeah. And that's where you've got least pressure, you know. But even that he can't get right all the time. That's why it's got to be Dyer that's got to go. It's got yeah. to be Dyer. Uh, last thing um, on. Last I have, sorry, I have Tourette's. Okay, um, well, I'm about saying, least, um, I sorry, sorry. Sorry, I have I have Tourette's to say. You know, Royale gives his all. He's not a right wing back, so it looks lost going forward. But I love his heart. And do you know what I would say to that? Um, you know, if I was playing for Tottenham, I'd give my all and put everything on the line. Okay. But the fact is, and I can appreciate it's not Royale's fault that he gets picked in week in, week out. No. But, you know, the guy has his limitations. And unfortunately for me, personal opinion, he's, he's just not good enough. I appreciate yeah. the fact that, you know, he gives his all and he tries. But yeah, that's, like, that's, like, that's like me... You know, trying to to fly an aeroplane. I don't know how to fly an aeroplane. I'll, I'll give it my best <laughs> shot, but yeah. it's not. Yeah. What I, you know, and with him, it's like it's just not working. You know, You're not I'm filling sure. me with confidence, has I'll I'll stay at the airport if you fly. I'll let you go there. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. Of a, it's, in, it's like a plane that's in the <laughs> middle of a deep flight, right? Yeah. There's a plane. It's it's heading to the ground, right? And the pilot isn't available, right? Do you want someone who's going to be a pilot, a good pilot in five years' time, or do you want someone who can actually pilot a plane right now? Right? That's that's the right way, right wing back situation. Okay. I, you know, has might love to be a great pilot. You know, he might sit there, he'd come into the cockpit of the diving airplane and say, Do you know what? I I would love to be the greatest pilot in the world one day. The immediate question is, okay, are you a good pilot now? If the answer is no, fuck off out the cockpit. <laughs> right? But I'm going to give it my yeah. best shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Brett's on this one. Yeah, yeah. Emerson is, seems like a lovely person yeah. and a person that will give his all and is someone who has great commitment. And that is all credit to him. Unfortunately, I need someone at right wing back that is going to do the job for me. That's the key. It's got to be like that, right? Yeah. It's just, got to be yeah. like that. And well, also well, in central. Yeah. Yeah, we'll and move on to the wing. Yeah, we'll we move on to the wing backs in a minute. I just wanted to mention uh, this comment from I have to it. Hugo, best shot stopper in the world. Nobody is better than him. I, 
I disagree with I that agree. because because shot stopping for me isn't just getting in the way of shots; it's where you push it. He seems to have gone this season into the Jordan Pickford school of shot stopping and sticking it straight <laughs> into the middle, into the danger zone. Whereas if yeah. you can, you push it out to the side corner, throw in wide, whatever. So for me, he's I lost that been, as well. And and, and, and 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 shot stopping is a prerequisite for a goalkeeper. It's can, the concentration I, for me. Can I just say, not enough. It's not enough. That's the problem. Yeah. Today, exactly. the goalkeeper needs to do more than just shot stop. He's got to be able to yeah. distribute the ball well, which Hugo has never been able to do. And he's also got to another prerequisite of a goalkeeper. He needs to be able to command his area in real time now, not just in set pieces, which Hugo has also never been particularly good at doing. He's good at setting up his wall. He's good at setting up his defence. But when it comes to real time command of his area, that's another skill that he's lacking. So he could be... I agree. He is the best shot stopper in the league in terms of reaction to a shot. No doubt in my mind whatsoever. It's not enough in today's game, unfortunately. And can I just add on that as well? Um, if you see him playing for France, he makes mistakes for France as well. And he even made, when they when they actually won the World Cup, yeah, he, he made, made some yeah. glaring mistakes. And luckily they got, yeah. you know, had they not had the players they had, you know, those mistakes would have cost any other team. You know, so he does make a lot of mistakes, and it was evident from that time when, even when France won the World Cup, he made mistakes. Yeah, I mean, he has saved us so many times. Oh yeah, he's, al he, he's also cost us a lot of times as well. Yeah. So for me, and, and 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 the defenders are supposed to command the area potentially, no, but but the the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper is his area. It's his area, and unfortunately, when a goalkeeper <laughs> makes a mistake, it results in a goal, and they lose games. Um, yeah, let's move on to the uh, uh, um, wingbacks. These two here, uh, oh, not not the ones now. that we'll be talking about too much. It's these two. No idea what he's smiling about. Presumably, you play so well in training, but I've got something on Conte, so I'm playing every game. You're on the bench. He's celebrating. He's celebrating uh, the fact that he's got a shepherd's pie on his head. Yeah. <laughs> no one stood out. And we've got a comment here. Where is it? I haven't put it out yet. Uh, where is it? Uh, ah, yeah, Mark Cousins. Do we think we already have someone in Jed? Uh, for me... I was uh, say, can we do a sweepstake to see how many times Jed Spence is mentioned <laughs> in the comments before we yeah. do that? I've lost that already. Yeah, but, but like you say, Rez, with the uh, we need someone ready now, uh, we don't have anyone ready now in terms of Emerson. No. Give Jed Spence a go. What I will say is in previous games, certainly that Man United game uh, has, Doherty was making exactly the same runs that Emerson makes and we were ignoring him passing it backwards. But when... But we've seen in the Leeds game for Bentancur's first goal, that was a brilliant cross that was. Passed over mm -hmm. to him, one touch, whip it in. Sanchez unlucky not to get the end of it. Bentancur picks up the pieces. One cross, one cross. Emerson can't cross the ball. Uh, but yet, Doherty makes all of those runs, gets ignored. Emerson makes those runs. We can't wait to give the ball to someone who can't cross the ball for Toffee. Uh, I can't believe that Emerson still gets a game. Can't believe uh, Jed didn't get a start against Forrest. Uh, can't believe Doherty doesn't play. He, he didn't do too much wrong in those three games that Emerson was um, suspended. <coughs> but uh, certainly on the right side, uh, Hass, what do you make of everything? And uh, yeah, we've got three first last all, comments here from Spence. So Rez was right on that one. First of all, can I just uh, put it out there? Who is this Jed Spence guy that everyone keeps on talking about? <laughs> Honestly, he's a fella so that plays football on the right side, apparently. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Never heard of the guy. But anyway, yeah. You see, <laughs> apparently he's quite good and um, he should be playing for us. But anyway, look, um, 
yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I, I'm beginning to think um, there's some sort of agreement in Royale's contract uh, where he possibly has to play a certain number of games, maybe. I mean, it, it's got to be some sort of reason because if we can all see it and, and you know, we're, you know, we're not managers or anything by a long stretch of the imagination that, that, you know, we don't see what Conte sees day in, day out, but we do see the players on the pitch. And if 90% of us are saying the same thing, you know, when we're watching this guy play, there must be something in it. Um, for me, Doherty hasn't really done much wrong. He come back after a long layoff um, and, you know, first couple of games were a bit iffy, but that's to be expected. Yeah. But he's, you know, he comes in and, you know, you can rely on someone like Doherty to get a ball in to the box, you know, to play a one-two with Kulusevski. You can see he's got that sort of understanding with, with Kulusevski on the right-hand side. You know, he knows when to make the run. He knows, you know, sort of when to exchange passes with him. And you know that he's going to get a ball into the box. But with Emerson, it's like, you know, he'll, a good example was against Leeds where Kane makes a run into the box. And it was so sad. He just crossed the ball into the centre circle with five Leeds players in there. Now, was that was that on purpose? Was it a mistake? Was he Did he just hit the ball wrong? You know, <laughs> the mind sort of boggles, you know, that... Some of the stuff that he does on the pitch, the, the mind boggles, you know. It's just you can't be that bad. Yeah. Yes, there are times where he has a good, you know, a good pass or a good tackle or a good this, that and the other. And I'll give him praise when when it needs to be uh, given. But it's almost like when he has a good game, we consider it a good game because he's done what he's supposed to do as a right back. <laughs> not, yeah. not because he's done anything outstanding or anything amazing it's because oh yeah. actually he's been he's done the job that he's supposed to do yeah Royal's done a Royal's had a good game it's like well, out of seven. it's like it's, yeah. that's the thing it's like it's like we mark every other player out of 10 but with Emerson we're happy to mark him out of seven if he gets to that seven if he gets yeah if he gets to you know one successful cross in the box you know yeah. a successful you know one two or whatever it's like oh actually He's had a really good game. You know, he successfully got one ball into the box, which was converted, and that's it, you know. But, look, I, I don't want to hate Royale. I, I don't hate Royale. I don't want to... Um, I think this is a bit sad. Uh, you know, bring some our, hate on the guy. Yeah, I think this is a bit mm. sad. The loudest year Saturday was when he went off. He is trying. He's just not very good. Uh, don't hate the guy. Don't have anything against him personally. And yeah, boo him, boo him we, after the game, we, not during should, the game. I we, think that's we, a bit sad. should never... We should never, ever direct um, ire against a player that has not done anything disrespectful to the club. There's even been a time where a club where a player has been disrespectful to the club that I have not booed them. The only time that I felt like booing one of our own players was Endombele when he was pulled off. Um, and he did that really slow work. I can't remember. Oh, he trudged off the pitch, like really yeah. slowly when we yeah. were looking for a goal. Yeah, that was really terrible. Really that good. was that, was because that was detrimental. A lot of people point to Hossam Ghali, right? Do you remember that time where he chucked the shirt on the floor? Because yeah. he, he was brought yeah. on as a sub and then he was subbed off, right? That was under Martin Joel, wasn't it? That was under Martin Joel. Yeah. I didn't even feel like booing him booing him at that point and the reason is is because a few games it was like you know at some point in the past he had four teeth knocked out for us against Chelsea 
right? When a player does that, I can understand no player wants to come on and then be pulled off again, right? That's terrible. That's really damaging to a player. So when he did that, I didn't like what he did, but I could understand it and I felt that he'd contributed enough, that he got that right. We sh Emerson has not deserved to be booed off or to be jeered by his own fan base. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because he has not done badly on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. He, the, look, we can all agree that the guy has his limitations. Um, you know, it's compared, it, it's like, it's like someone going to the gym for the first time and you see everyone pumping away, you know, everyone's doing their routines and you're there and it's just, you do something wrong and, you know, people are like, oh, what's he doing? Or what, what is she doing? You know, it's wrong. It's wrong. And I've seen that in the gym, by the way. And, and it's not, it's not nice. But, um, Look, we shouldn't be booing our own players, full stop, let alone Royale. Um, he doesn't pick himself to play. He does try. I'll give him that. He he tries to play. But for me, um, booing someone is not going to do any sort of, you know, help uh, towards that player. You know, it's it's just, it's not good. And it needs to, it no. needs to stop. That sort of behaviour needs to stop, and, and, you know. Yeah. And his performance ain't going to improve if he's getting no. booed during the game, no. is it? So, uh, yeah. And, and what about... Say one thing about Doherty. Say one thing about Doherty. Yeah. You have to remember, when he got injured, the time frame for him recovering was the World Cup. Everyone said that he would not be back to where he needs to be until December. So the reason that he, the reason that Emerson is being picked right now, I genuinely believe is because we are, Doherty is still in his recovery phase because it's not, a, it's not like a sharp line where a, of that type of injury, especially because it was a, I think it was his anterior ligament in his yeah, knee. It was, a, it was a big dangerous one, wasn't it? Yeah. So you've got recovery. Then you get to a point where you can, start light training then you can start full training then you can play some time there is it's he's still in my belief is that he is still not at that point where he can start games <clears throat> at full pelt and play the way that he would play you know at, if he's playing at full capacity that is the reason that i think emerson is being picked over doherty because he's still not 100 ready the reason that I think Spence is not being picked is because I genuinely believe that Conte does not see Spence as being capable of playing his system right now. Okay? It doesn't matter what Spence did with Forrest last season, even though Tourette's actually put it in there. His goal contributions last season were nothing special, right? Four goal contributions for Forrest. Yeah. The reason that he's not being picked is because Conte knows better than you guys. Were you surprised okay. he wasn't starting against Forest though, being that that's the cup? No. no. Why should uh, he start I, against I, I, I was, to be honest. Why Why should he start against Forest if he's not starting Premier League games? Forest are a Premier League side. Yeah. Unless, unless, I, I, um, unless the you know Carabao Cup isn't priority. You know, if it was if it's priority to win a silverware, then I'd say go with your strongest. But if it's not priority, then 
you know i think yeah. i think the side the side we put out against forest were more than capable of beating that oh they should have beaten we 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 lost that game because of a lack of the right mentality. Either they were complacent and thought, "Oh, we can walk this," or they just did that whole brittle Spurs thing, where it's like, "Oh yeah, this is a nice outing for us. Let's just knock the ball about and not really go at them." And <laughs> oh, is that a seagull? That's nice. No, right? That's got to stop. We've had far too much of that this season, where they just come on. It's almost like it's almost like it's a bloody works outing. Right, go out there and blood and f- fucking sweat, yeah. blood, tears, and toil for fuck's sake. Well, that, that's what right. I got that from that forest game that we we we, yeah. we turned up thinking that we've won, and we've done that a few times. Yeah. But uh, and but yeah, we, uh, us. They we need us to be we need to be more business like. That's that's the problem. Yeah. We need to be like you know, it's just business. We're going to come here to them. We're going to beat you, get three points, win the game, whatever. It's just business. I'm not here to, you know, just have a kick about. You know, you look at, you know, all those teams with, you know, the rich tradition of winning trophies. It's just business. You know, that Chelsea side that were dominating for two, three years. United that were dominating for God knows how long. You know, they'll just turn up thinking, yeah, we're just going to go about a business. I'm not, I don't care if you're Peterborough, Exeter, Yeovil or Lincoln Town. I'm going to wipe you off the pitch. I don't understand how footballers can can have that mentality when you see giant killings every single season. And it's generally, it's nothing to do with the the, the lesser team are better because the league table and the league divisions state that. It's to do with attitude. It happens every single game has, uh, game, uh, season has done from the, the start of time. I don't understand how you can how you can be Forrest, so arrogant to go away and go. We've won this game. We we just Forrest wanted it more than we did. They wanted it more. Yeah, yeah. you saw that in their attitude. They even even when they were down to ten men, I think it was against Forest, wasn't it? The way they had a player sent off. Oh, they had one right there. Yeah. No, uh, towards the end they had, had someone sent off. Leeds had a player sent off at the end. I don't Leeds did. Yeah, no, they anyway. had a player sent off. <laughs> Towards the end, Forest 2 0 up, and they're still oh, yes. pushing us. Back. Oh, yes, they did. They did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. They're still pushing us but, back. Yeah. They're still saying, We will have you. Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't understand I how, how, how we're yeah. turning up to games not with the right attitude because I that wasn't Conte at side. all in his I haven't seen the first side since Poch really go out there with, with rage, with, with, you know, blood, bloodlust in their eyes. I think that, I think that comes eyes. from the the, the mentality that we're going. That, that Man United game to me to, looked like let's not lose this, lads. Rather yeah. than you can have a defensive uh, 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 tactic uh, formation, whatever, but you can have that with. Well, we're not going to concede a goal. This is how we're going to beat them, though. And yeah. for me, it was. This is how we're not going to lose to them, and and that's completely the wrong attitude. And I think that allows complacency. I think that allows shirking responsibility. I think that's a big, big problem. Uh, whereas Leeds, we attacked. Well, from what I saw, match of the day anyway, and looking on on BBC Sport, uh, we attacked. Yeah, we conceded a few goals, but we always looked like scoring. Obviously, it helps when you've got Kulisevsky back. Uh, but yeah, l- last set of players. Uh, start with you again, Hass. Uh, the left side, uh, 
Perisic been fairly underwhelming. Sessignon I'm really disappointed with. I thought Perisic would help him no end. But Sessignon to me looks like he's just got a massive crisis of confidence. I thought that Bournemouth goal, where he did really well for that, a lovely finish, good run, positive run, would be a bit of a catalyst. He's done other things in the season as well. He just looks like a bit of a, a deer in the headlights and always wants to turn back and give it to someone else. And that's what I mean with shirking responsibility with a negative attitude. Positive attitude. Okay, I'll put the cross onto Kane's head. I'll set up the goal up. Uh, Perisic, start the season, deliveries uh, from corners, set pieces, absolutely superb. He's lost a bit of a yard of pace, which obviously doesn't help. But he is positive. He will try and take people on. But what do you make of those two? On the left, it's only really been those two. Davis can play there, but he's uh, uh, primarily used in in the middle. So those two out on the left, what do you make of those? Yeah, I mean, Sessegnon is he is he still a project? What, what's going on? You know, he's been at the yeah. club for four years or so now, and I know he's had injury setbacks. But for me, I think we've invested thirty million pounds in Sessegnon, and we've barely had any sort of return on him. Yeah. You know, if you can't get and, that confidence and output, then he's got to go well, for me, even though I quite like him. I, I, I've got no issues with, with Sessignon, but for me, it just hasn't, you know, to be spending £30 million on what, how old was he when he came to the club? 19 years old? Yeah, 2021. Something like that. Right. So he, he came to the club at a young age, um, you know, picked up a couple of injuries. He, for me, he just hasn't developed he hasn't developed any more than than what he is now. So, you know, where is his level at? You know, thirty million pounds for a development player is one of the problems at this club. You know, we spent thirty-two million pounds on Brian Hill. We gave <laughs> we gave Lamella away and paid thirty-two million pounds for Brian Hill, a development player. Yeah, and we've done this with many. You know, Jack Clark, ten million pounds. We've lost that money. Yep. Yeah. For me, Sessignon... Kevin and Kudu. We've been doing it for years. Rez, the list goes on, Rez. The the list goes on. It's it's as long as my arm. But look, for me, going back to the left-hand side, look, I think Sess, you know, he's got... I'm going to say he had the potential, I think, maybe. But I just don't think it looks like it's going to work out for, for Sess because we've not seen that player that we brought from Fulham. The player that yeah. would take his man on and whip a ball in um, yeah. to the box. And he's well, not been doing that for the last no. two seasons. So, to be fair to him on that point, I've got a friend who's a season ticket or season ticket holder at Fulham. He said to me when we signed him, he isn't a wing back, he ain't a full back, he's a winger. And we, we yeah. haven't played him as a winger. So I think going yeah. forward, he doesn't have that responsibility of defending. He has a little bit, obviously, when you lose the ball, you've got to go back and help your fullback or wingback. But he, it, generally, it's go forward, make something happen. Whereas when, with us now, it's go forward, make something happen, but be wary because you've got to get back if we lose the ball. And See, I don't agree with that, Chris, because there was, if you remember when we played Liverpool last season, right, he had literally that entire back line in his pocket. Salah, Firmino, all of them. So, his defensive ability is there. He can defend. He can play as a left-back and, and defend. So this thing about, you know, he doesn't like to have a defensive responsibility and stuff, I, I think he can defend. But for me, you know, you either got it or you haven't in terms of, you know, you look at someone like Perisic at 33 years old, you know, step-overs, taking his man on, getting the ball in, you know, it's, it's in his nature to do that. Whereas Cesc, for some reason, it's just... 
Mm. You know, he gets on the byline and he gets a nosebleed. You know, yeah. what do I do from here? Oh, uh, <laughs> now don't get me wrong. He scored a couple of vital goals for us. Um, and I'm not taking yeah. that away from Cesc, but long-term consistency, yeah. non-existent. Consistency is non-existent. Yeah. And, and that's another issue, you know. For me, out of the two, probably Perisic because, because of the class and experience that he has and the fact that he can take uh, set pieces, he can get a ball in. You know, he's just got a better footballing brain than than Sessegnon. That's my personal yeah. opinion. And yeah. going forward, you know, if this season doesn't improve with, with Sess, honestly, I'd look into, you know, a loan or maybe, you know, a transfer fee for him. Yeah. And we've got but, the likes of Adogi coming in. Yeah, well, he's meant, be, he's meant to be since, highly rated, isn't he? Since um, since we bought uh, Adogi, since the deal was put in place, I've watched near enough every Udinese game because of him. Um, I don't think he played the last game. He didn't play the last game. But barring the last game uh, against Napoli, which they lost 3-2, the guy is a, he's an absolute beast, honestly. Mm. Uh, he can defend. He's a bully. He gets for he, you know, gets into the box. He likes to score goals. He's just no messing around. You know, I'm not here to fuck about. That's the sort of player he is. And I can't wait. I can't wait yeah, I, until until we, he, you know, he's established. Yeah, I, I'm on the, the same camp there. Let's see him next season. But yeah, yeah. May, maybe Cess. The issue is, is that he knows Perisic is better. He knows we've got Udogi. Uh, uh, next season, so he's like, I don't want to make a mistake because I don't want to force my way out, but get myself forced out. But then you've got to take that as a challenge. You know, Kulisevsky that yeah. first game against Southampton looked to me like, oh, hello, Vicharlison, you're not taking my fucking spot. Exactly. Uh, and 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 you've got to take and and Vicharlison, I think he's happy to sit on the bench because I think, well, just by my time, you're not better than me. You're not better than me. I'll force my way in, and I don't. You've got to take it as a challenge. I'm not saying that that is the case, yeah. but maybe that is the case. And if it is, that's the mentality that needs to get out of the club. I'm afraid. I like Sessignon. Yeah, I like Sessignon, but I, I think unless something happens in this last half of the season where his confidence shoots up and his, uh, uh, it looks like he is a player, Udogi you know, in, Udogi the, in, Sess the, out. The question I'm is. The question is, has he done enough to establish his place in, in the club to, to no. you know, and, and, and for if, me, if the he's answer got another, is no, then there's your yeah. answer. But for you me, he's got I another, I know, 24 games left to do that. And if he doesn't by the end of the season, then he's going to have to find pastures new for me, You know what I don't see in Sessegnon? That in actual fact, every other, certainly every other Spurs player and probably every other decent player has or I've noticed in them he doesn't have any aggression right he has there is no there is no sense of yeah there's nothing about him that screams I think determination is the word race there's no determination you compare it to the likes of Reese James right you watch Reese James play yeah he might maybe he might lack ability, maybe, but yeah. by God, he would give life and limb to get that ball forward, to, to fight for the ball, to, you know, I, I like Reese James. Mm. Honestly, I, I like mm. Reese James. I think he's fantastic. And the fact that he hasn't gone to the World Cup, um, I think is a bit of a travesty well, in itself. But, but yeah. Yeah. But um, no, that, that's the point exactly. It, it's that set. He, he, <laughs> I was thinking, yeah. 
Sessegnon, when you see him, or when I see him, one of the things that pops into my head is, oh. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's he's, not angry, Vez. What are you doing? What have you done to him? Yeah, he comes across as soft, <laughs> as delicate, as fragile, right? Does Hoybier come across as fragile? Does Benton Kerr come across as fragile? Does Kulu come across as fragile? No. These are people you don't want to fuck with, right? If if you said to me, is there a Spurs player that you would be okay to fuck with? And it'd be like, yeah, it'd be Ryan Sessegnon, right? Because he's just, he's he's little. He's little. He's just, oh, right? And that for me isn't enough. If, you know, you look at other Premier League players, even, even the classiest, silkiest player, right? There's that... There's that wave of of hunger, desire, aggression, things that, you know, they will go out and get what they want, right? Cess doesn't seem to want anything when he's on the pitch. There doesn't seem to be much hunger there, you know? That, for me, suggests a player that, and I might be wrong, maybe it's inside, maybe he just hides it very well, but... There's, there's been nothing in any of his performances that says to me, this is a player that wants to get to the pinnacle of what he's doing, right? He want, he, I don't get the feeling that he wants to skin a player, you know? Yeah. This, 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 this. And the one, and the one above, Chris, um, yeah, where he Josie said... Josie box um, office, said how we saw it, team of pussies yeah. at times, and... Yeah. Jose said we were soft. Need yep. to be a bunch to be of c words. Absolutely, Jose. We have, we have been, yep. we have had that reputation of being soft. But even when we had the reputation of being soft, it was it, it, there was that. It was more we're going to be respectful, but we still want it. I don't get yeah. any of that from Cess. No. Right? And what do you make of Perisic? Perisic. Credit. Perisic to his credit, he still has that hunger. He still shows that he wants to do it. If he's lost that. A lot of the time, it really is that last one percent, that yeah. last one or two percent, if you wanted to quantify it, of of what makes the difference between a good player and a great player, right? He might have lost that, but he still got the hunger to do it, right? He, to use your word, has he does he has determination in spades, even at the age of thirty three. He's not taking his foot off the gas. Actually, that's the best analogy. Cess always seems to want to go safe. He wants to do 20 in a 30, right? Whereas Perisic will speed in a 30-mile-an-hour zone, right? That's that's the thing. I mean, I'm not advocating that, guys, for those <laughs> of you who get it. Right? <laughs> speed limit, okay? But... Um, Vez, the speed demon. <laughs> yeah, Vez, Vez, the speed demon. <laughs> <laughs> right? They, he puts Vez, his foot the, on the speed gas. demon <laughs> process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Perisic, Perisic will will give will give as much of himself as he can. Cess, I think, always holds back. Be it confidence, whatever the reason. Again, I don't have time to make Cess feel good enough. No. That is his responsibility. If he wants to be a professional footballer. If he wants to be a professional footballer playing for Spurs, it is incumbent on him to show the necessary desire, aggression, determination, whatever it is that he is lacking. Okay, it is Spurs's responsibility as a football club to give him the environment in which he can utilize that, not to 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 put it in him for him, right? 
for me, I don't believe Sessegnon will ever make it as a top level player because he shows he doesn't show the character. To just be as there. a just as a barometer of where I would place Sess, um, ranking him amongst all the left backs, I would put Davies ahead of Sess in the left left back or left wing back slot. Honestly, I would. Yeah, that's 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 my opinion. Yeah, I really like Cesc. I thought Perisic would be brilliant for him. And I really like Cesc, wanted him to succeed. But I think it was I have Tourette saying, how many chances are we going to give him? So for me, it's 20, 24 more chances, however many games we've got left, 23, 24. Tw- yeah, yeah and, and whatever in the league, they're the amount of chances that he's got he's left. And if now, not, he's yeah. so... well, he's got a month off, hasn't he? So yeah, true. Yeah. This season, yeah. this season, show, show, show something. That you're here to stay. Otherwise, unfortunately, I think we've got to cash in on him. And if it's a loss, we bought Which him 30 it's going to be 25 million. If it's a we're loss, we're not getting 30 million for him. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he went back to Fulham. Which good luck to him. You know, I don't, I don't hate the guy. I just no, think I he's, he's just not good enough, and just he needs, he needs to be positive and believe in himself a bit more. And if he can't believe in himself a bit more, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna make it. Like you say, there's a top, top team. Yeah. Uh, that's just unfortunate. That's just unfortunate. But uh, pretty much reached the end. Uh, I was going to talk about what we need in January, but uh, there's uh, six months, uh, six, five weeks, six weeks of which we can talk about that. So we'll just leave it there. Uh, big thanks to everybody in the chat. A lot of comments today. Thank you so much for the comments. Really helps make the channel. Uh, please hit the like. Please hit the subscribe if you haven't done already and the notification bell. Uh, just like can, I, of- can I just come in very quickly, Chris? Yeah. If you haven't, if you're watching and you haven't hit the like and subscribe button, okay, that automatically makes you a West Ham supporter. I don't know if people are aware. <laughs> Ouch. Of Ouch. I've done studies. There's scientific evidence. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you've got yeah. to do it. You've got to do it. Yeah. So don't be West Ham. Hit that like and the subscribe and the notification bell. That will let you know whenever we're doing shows. And being that these six weeks off, it might not be every Monday and Friday. So the notification bell, you don't have to look on Twitter or anything to find out when it is. Uh, if you like a bit of magic as well, Chris's Magic, my little side channel, uh, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., new one drops. Uh, so check that out. And the other two channels here, Vez, Shelf Side Spurs Show, say that four times fast. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, just as people expect, you can expect. I think the best way of describing it is chaos, really. <laughs> um, really is, yeah. <laughs> Actually, we need to get you on, has so I haven't had you on Chelsea. Oh, it would be total to chaos me. if you get me on, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So essentially, on Shelfside Spurs show, we've actually counted. Again, we're very scientific, even though we're killed. We've sh- we've counted, and th- the number of fucks that we give is actually zero, right? So if you're of that ilk that you don't give a fuck, come along to Shelfside Spurs show. If you do give a fuck, also come on to Shelfside Spurs show. Um, we are not doing anything over the World Cup period. Um, because we don't give a fuck. No, it's because we, we don't really. We <laughs> That's don't want to one talk about that. That you you've just lied, Vez. That's one fuck. You said there was zero. Make your mind up. No, no, we don't. No, no I said we don't give any fuck. So we don't oh, give a yes, fuck about yes. the World Cup. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 
Uh, again, Chris, I pick my words carefully. No, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to be funny. That's why I'm at home doing this. No, 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 palladium, but yeah. We will either be back on the 29th of December or the 5th of January, um, dependent on my partner in crime, Nick's preferences as to whether or not we'll do anything after the Brentford game, which is on Boxing Day, because um, obviously it's the Christmas period. Don't know if we're going to be sort of full of turkey or whatever. Um, it comes out, goes out on Thursdays, 7.30 p.m. The, as Chris has very kindly done, the link is in the chat. Please do go over and subscribe. Um, we are on the road to try and get a 1,000 subscribers. If we get to a 1,000 subscribers, I will do another forfeit. For those of you who are unaware, when we got to 500... Don't set yourself a light, Rez. <laughs> no, no, no. I was <laughs> for 500 subscribers. For 500 subscribers, I ate the hottest tortilla chip in the world and did a 10 minute afterburn yeah, right was... live on the stream okay yeah, so all due respect to you Rez, that was yeah. quite funny although why you did that you're yeah. a madman but anyway yeah right so <laughs> if we get to a thousand subscribers i will do another forfeit it won't be like that i've already decided what the forfeit will be but it's not going to be like that but it yeah. will be a forfeit that i will do yeah. he's so, gonna have a go at flying a, he's gonna have a go at flying a plane yeah yeah, that's it. I'm going to be going to live from the Boeing 747. Um, we've already planned out how we're going to take over the cockpit. Oh, shit, I work for the home office. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I've already worked out the forfeit. Um, we're going to think that think we need to get to a thousand subscribers. We're about 820 odd at the moment. So we're getting there. But yeah, any more subscribers, we very much appreciate it. Please do thing and like and subscribe to this channel. Otherwise, you're a West Ham supporter. And yeah, come join us either on the 29th of December or the 5th of January, and you'll see exactly what you're in for. Excellent. So yeah, as Vez said, he's not that they're not going to be doing a show while the World Cup is on. So his Twitter handle yeah. is also in the description as well. So give him a follow on there, and then you'll get notifications of when that's live. And the description, uh, the link for uh, Shelfside Spurs show is in the description as well, as is a view from the South Stand, which is your channel. Has uh, what can people expect on there? Yeah, um, just like Rez, not much going on during a World Cup break. However, we will be on air once a week during uh, the World Cup, which will probably be on Fridays. Um, and it was, it's just basically going to be looking at uh, potential transfers and players of the week uh, from the World Cup. So looking at potential players from the World Cup and potentially what we could go for during the January transfer window. So, um, yeah, a view from the South Stand is where you can find us on YouTube. Um, that will be on um, once a week, possibly on Fridays, and it will be myself. Usually you can find us on match days, a couple of hours after the game for match reactions. Myself and Marlon usually um, rotate with the hosting and sometimes we, we host together. So um, it's all good. We get loads of um, exciting guests on. Um, like I said, we're on YouTube. So, you know, hit the like button, subscribe, press the notification bell, whatever you want to do. No pressure. But um, yeah, uh, you can catch me next Friday, hopefully going through some players. I think it'll be the first full week of the World Cup as well by Friday. So, um, and I believe, um, is that the second game England are playing on Friday as well? We play a week today and then the Friday and then the following Tuesday, I think. That's right. Yeah, I think I think you might be right, Chris. So, yeah, um, just going to look at some transfers and stuff. That's all it's going to be. Um, and if there's any news on Spurs, we we'll, could possibly discuss that as well. Um, whilst I'm here, 
I need to mention, I also know what Rez's um, forfeit is as well. Um, and I'll tell you right now, uh, he's going to be singing I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles whilst having um, Claret and Blue painted on his face. So there you go. If you want to see that, if you want to see that, make sure you subscribe to his channel. I'm sure that would be fun. And apparently Rez has a very, um, a very good singing voice as well. So... I'm sure it should be fun. <laughs> Excellent. I'd love yeah. to do it. Yeah, <laughs> here first. Excellent. Uh, has his Twitter handle is also in the description as well, so make sure you give him a follow. And then when they've decided which uh, day, um, a view from the shelf, a view from the south stand. Oh, collaboration! On. A view yeah. from the shelf side. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, from the West Ham or singing side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so give yeah. him a follow and then you'll be notified and find out whenever um, they're going to go live. Or better yet, don't do that. Go on to a view from the South Stand, hit the notification bell and the subscribe while you're there as well. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks again for all the comments and everyone. Uh, you sing like Britney Spears, apparently. <laughs> he really yeah. does. He really yeah. does. Yes. Do you know what? I'm I'm as sexy as Britney Spears as well. <laughs> you know what I think? It's true. In fact, Bo he asked Bo me to hit him one more time last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. But then you got toxic. <laughs> ah. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, uh, I, I'm still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And what better way to end after all that. So, yeah, thank you so much for watching all the comments as well. Please hit the like, subscribe, notification bell, then jump over to Chris's Magic on Wednesdays. Check that out. Shelfside Spurs show uh, after the World Cup. But make sure you follow Vez on Twitter to make sure you know when they're coming back. And a view from the South Stand during the World Cup, but has his Twitter handle as well to make sure and you mine. don't miss it and as well. And I said that, I said that. Yeah. I choose my words carefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, thanks so much for watching. Uh, not sure, uh, won't have a show here on Friday, I don't think, but next Monday it'll be me and my mate Ben who did the preview at the start of the season, doing a mid kind of preview of the whole league as, as a whole, not just Spurs. Might do a quiz during the World Cup as well. If there's any Spurs news, I'll jump on and do a stream. So yeah, hit the notification bell and you'll be notified of that because it's not it's gonna be kind of random until the World Cup and Spurs start again. But in the meantime, as always, come on you Spurs and England. Come on, you Spurs and England. Thanks so much for watching. For everybody who joined in the live chat and added comments, before you go, please leave a like and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Also, please hit that notification bell. That'll give you a notification every time we're about to go live, and it's all completely free. For those who missed the live show, you can catch this whenever you want on Let's Talk Tottenham's YouTube channel. Please also hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell. And everybody, please leave feedback, comments, suggestions in the comments section on the YouTube videos. For those of you who listen to the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anyone who wants that audio podcast, you can pick that up wherever you get your podcast from. We're back Mondays, 7.30pm UK time, and Fridays, 12.30pm UK time. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at Tottenham, Instagram, Let's Talk Tottenham Podcast, you can find all the information there. Anyone who wants something a little bit different, also do a magic show. So I do one trick a week, which drops Wednesday, 7.30pm UK time. Chris's Magic on YouTube is where you'll find that. 
But in the meantime, come on, you spare.